1: Hello, everybody, and welcome along to Midweek Motorsport. I'm John Hindorf, and this is Series 10, Episode 1. I'm in Dubai at the Dubai Autodrome with Nick Damon slightly to my right, and back in London, up in London, still and always up in London, our executive producer is Tim Gray. Hello, Tim. Hello, John. Hello, Tim. Can you hear us?
2: I can. Can you hear me? You obviously can't Can't so hear you Tim I'm afraid if when, you're talking to us when, when you said you could hear everything perfectly early Are obviously lying
1: No I can't hear anything over the top of the bed That you're playing at the moment You'll ah, have to take that out let
2: take that down for you then
1: Thank you, now I can hear you, hello Hello That's much better And on a packed programme tonight we have what? Uh, we
2: have all the usual features
1: I bet we don't Yes we do What are all the usual features in Series 10 though? That's the question.
2: Well, that is the question. Series 10, our anniversary year. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Can you believe we've been doing this for decades? 10 more years, I say. 10 more years, definitely. Uh, Right, uh, so we have news, uh, we have uh, guests, we have Nick Damon. Do we have guests? Right, we can... Hello, everyone. Oh, you're far too loud.
3: Uh, no, that could be possible.
2: I'm far too big at
3: the track
1: You are big at the what, track. What I
3: did like is season 10, episode 1, and we got 12 seconds in before we had to turn the bed bed, bed down, Tim. In, in fairness,
1: we are not doing this the same way <laughs> technically as we uh, would normally doing be doing it, and we're not doing it the way we expected to be doing it, so there's I no criticism uh, implied well. at all to... to no, uh, no, at all. It's, it's just funny.
2: brand new studio here. With what are described in the manual as military-grade buttons that I really? don't know what they do. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't push them if they're military-grade, because you could be blowing something up. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some very, very odd things here.
3: Is it just that if we reclaimed them from a World War Two tank? It's just like scrap, salvage.
2: It's more modern than that. I, I would say it's late NASA era. All right. We're, we're talking early nineties. Shopping
3: programme I think well, where did you uh, purchase a uh, audio system which was using spare parts from NASA
2: it actually came from Sunderland
3: uh, that speaks a lot yes yeah, it's the it? centre of, uh, of UK uh, space technology
2: mm. uh, or somewhere near Sunderland
3: Newcastle uh,
2: Newcastle's Newcastle, a no. suburb of
3: Sunderland <laughs> I think you'll find <laughs> Middlesbrough
2: Southfields South maybe <laughs> uh, shall we move
1: along have we got
2: a news jingle we have. Do you like our new jingles?
1: Uh, yeah. We uh, we haven't heard the full gamut of them yet. We'll, you know, we'll we'll find out as we go along. Well,
2: this is what the news jingle sounds like. All the latest
0: motorsport news from around the world. Midweek motorsport. Uh,
2: so we introduce our Formula One correspondent, Nick Damon. Hello, Tim. Uh, because uh, our first story is a Formula One story. Hooray! Uh, And uh, we have more details uh, released this week on the uh, new rules that the FIA is uh, imposing uh, before you can get a super licence.
3: Yes, we do. They've defined what you need to achieve um, to get a super licence. Or basically, it's called the No More Max Verstappen rule, uh, in that you have to be at least 18 Uh, You have to have a road licence as well, which is quite interesting, and you have to have scored a set number of points in certain qualifying championships over the previous three seasons. Oddly, those qualifying championship points appear slightly weighted to championships organised or run by the FIA, and slightly less weighted towards championships
2: not run by them. Indeed. Uh, You could be consistently fifth or sixth in a championship that doesn't actually exist uh, and Mm get a super licence, uh, but if you were to dominate the Formula, what do you mean a championship Cup, that doesn't exist? Formula Two.
3: Future FIA Formula Two.
2: Yes. All right. Okay. Uh,
1: so not so not fifth or sixth in a championship that doesn't exist. I.e. would well, have rears.
3: Shall, shall I read out the FIA's official rankings of all series? Oh well, this this puts to bed official our, rankings. So there's no need for us to do our bit so of power program. we start with Formula One. Right. And to get to Formula 1, this mm-hmm. is the official ranking, okay? Yeah, so The, the bottom... next best series mm-hmm. is the one that doesn't exist. The future FIA F2 Championship. Right. Okay? In second place is GP2. Right. In equal third, the FIA F3 Championship, mm-hmm. IndyCar, and FIA WEC, uh, but just LMP1.
2: Yeah, just LMP1s.
3: So... Do you believe that someone who has won uh, or done well in the FIA F3 European Championship is in any way likely to be as qualified to run an F1 as someone who's done equally well in positional stints in the LMP1 Championship? The WEC. I think
1: that I think that there would move from LM. We've seen we've seen people moving from FIA GT3 Euro, Euro series into LMP2 to get more experience
3: to be able to progress their career? Let me ask you another question. okay? Right. GP2 and what other series are normally considered about the same for the second
2: tier? Renault three and a half later. Well,
3: possibly, only as far as the FIA are concerned, it's not as good. In fact, it's not only as good as GP3.
2: In fact, if you were to win, completely dominate the uh, World Series by Renault series, powered by Renault, uh, but you uh, then you wouldn't um, get a super licence unless you'd also won something like GP3 in the past.
3: And John, what is the fastest single-seater championship in the world? The fastest single-seater championship in the world? Not counting ovals, counting circuit championships. Uh, The Japanese super formula, is it called now? Absolutely, where they go incredibly fast in very quick cars. That is... Not as good as as GP3 by ten points, and only it's only slightly better than winning the national F4 series.
2: But it is only a national championship.
3: <laughs> very good cars, though.
2: Yes. Uh, out of Covent... what, is the up-
3: what is the upshot
2: of this? What do we think?
1: It's Paul Truswell behind is just well the upshot miming Nick getting onto a soapbox. <laughs> the, the
3: upshot of this is: there's a very good chance that the organisers of Formula Renault. Or possibly IndyCar, or possibly Indy Lights, that not even mentioned, could actually have a file a restraint of trade um, suit with the European Commission. Why would? The, how, because how? Because the way the points are being allocated is discriminated against their business case because it forces drivers into FIA-approved series to the detriment of theirs. Right. Okay. If you're running, if you are running uh, Formula Three point five, would you really want your series considered only as good on the ladder as GP three, and nothing like as good as FIA F
1: three? Well, that's nonsense. To FIA two
3: hundred and fifty horsepower, too much grip, or that's a good, a better stepping stone to F one than Formula Three point five, or LMP one. Or well, yeah, the LMP one's ridiculous, but there we go. Can I? I and LMP2
1: is not even mentioned.
2: No, because you wouldn't go from LMP2 straight into Formula 1, would you? Uh, really can, I, years, can I go uh, through uh, some of... Uh, well, in fact, I'm going to quiz you on this, Nick. Okay. Uh, current and recent Formula 1 drivers... Yep. Uh, who has scored... Who would have scored the most points out of the recent... The most points recent... on
3: the way up. That's yeah. a really good question. I reckon... Ooh, now.
2: The previous three years to where they went in. Yes. Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton is second. He would have scored 98 points. Nico Rosberg. Uh, is down in uh, seventh with 63 points.
3: Really? Okay, so someone's got more than Lewis. That's yes. That's interesting. Uh, well, uh, i trying to think if it wouldn't be. Obviously, I know the people who wouldn't have many points. Uh Hmm. Ah. So it's. Well, I thought. I thought I got that one. But I'm really, really honest here. Um so It wouldn't be Massa. It wouldn't be Bottas. Uh, Bottas
2: in fifth place. Uh, so Alonso seventy, joint fourth actually with Sutil. Sutil. Oh, well, he's both, he's both on seventy.
3: <laughs> so it's somebody who's won. Must be someone who's won GP two? Is it Max
2: Chilton? It's not <laughs> Max Chilton. Max Chilton wouldn't have got a super license because they only have had twenty
3: points. You get Forty points. Yeah, you get 40. if I think of people who, who who's won GP two uh,
2: mm. recently, must be must have won it quite a lot.
3: <laughs> Roman Grosjean. He must have won a lot of stuff.
2: Roman Grosjean, uh, sixty points below Nico Rosberg. Oh
3: no! Hey, you've got me on this one. Go, go on. Who's who?
2: Who would have got the most points coming up? It Here's would have been three. Nico Hulkenberg. Really? Yes, a hundred and ten points.
3: Wow! So, how do you get those from from Renault and?
2: He got fifty for winning GP two. Right. Forty for winning the FIA uh, F three European Championship. Ah, right. And twenty for finishing third in it the previous season. Do
1: you count it over two seasons? Three seasons. It's counted over the last
2: three seasons. So the drivers Who've been Formula 1 recently Who would Mm. actually Be allowed to race In Formula 1 Are Mm -hmm. Hülkenberg 110 points Hamilton on 98 Andre Lotterer, Remember his uh, One race In the Cajun last year 90 points (laughs) Wow Uh Because of his LMP one one. uh, experience, of course. And Japanese Super Formula, sure. And Japanese Super Formula, yes. That's where he gets his 90 points from. Sutil and Bottas, tie for fourth with 70 points. Pastor Maldonado, he gets 68 points. Well, that that shows you the floor immediately. Carry on. Nico Rosberg, 63. Roman Grosjean on 60. Uh, How many have
1: you got to get to get your Super Laces? 40. 40. 40.
2: Daniel Kriat, 43. Sergio Perez, 42. And Kevin Magnussen on 40. Right. There's oh, Quite that, a lot of big names you've not mentioned there, uh,
1: drivers. So how many how, mm. many? how many points has Alice Powell got? as though she was ready to step into Formula One according to her PR.
3: Well, she was because were different rules.
1: Uh, well, so how many points has she got? And would she be in Formula I one? And don't know, one? I think
2: she's probably got one. Looked at her, becoming nowhere um, in
3: former Northern European Renault. Mm-hmm. So basically our world champions Fernando Alonso wouldn't have qualified
2: Fernando Alonso would only have 25 points And our world champions Button wouldn't have qualified Jensen Button would only have 15 points And our world ba-
3: champion Sebastian Vettel wouldn't have qualified 38 points Oh, just, miss out, just miss out Not allowed in Not allowed in
2: Our seven-time world champion Michael Schumacher, 22 points
1: Now, in <laughs> fairness Life was a bit different back then In terms was, of what series were available I
2: have weighted the series To what they would be But remember that uh, Michael Schumacher would have got 10 for winning a National Formula 3 Championship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He'd have got uh, 5 for being third in a National Formula 3 Championship. Yeah. And he'd have got 7 for being second in a National Formula Ford Championship. So
1: you get 10 for winning a National Formula 3 Championship? Yes. How many many did you get for winning... Uh, LMP, 40. Oh, so that gets you in immediately. Yeah. He won when this getting straight away. Right. And what do you get for winning... Uh, what do you get for running running Renault 3.5?
3: 30.
1: Right. So so if you were the first of six cars in the British F3 Championship, you would have got 10 points. Yep. Yes. It's a complete nonsense, isn't it? Yes. There's nothing that weights the championship were the on how many runners. No. So... And most of those that didn't all finish. So if you'd got a couple of thirds and a couple of fourths, you would have got points for that mm-hmm. in the championships. Sorry. So you would need over the three years. That is a complete nonsense if it doesn't wait the championship on entry level. On entries, level of entries, numbers of entries is what I want to say. Yes.
3: Yeah, it's just if it's a national F3 championship, it gets 10 points. If it's a national F4 championship certified by the FAA, it gets 10 points. <laughs>
2: uh. Some uh, Formula One champions of the past. Mm. Obviously, we know about uh, Lewis Hamilton. He's won two Formula One titles, 98 points. Uh, and we know uh, Jacques Villeneuve. How many points do you think he'd have got? Well, he had IndyCar,
3: mm-hmm. so he'd have got 40 for that. And yep. I think he had Japanese, Super Formula Japanese F3. I think he'd have had 40, and he had done quite well in IndyCar. I reckon he'd had
2: 880, 80, yeah. Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> got um, that because his uh, Japanese stuff was more than three years earlier. It's three years of IndyCar, not it? So he'd have got uh, 40 points for winning IndyCar and then he'd mm. have got six points for being sixth in IndyCar the previous season. And nothing for his other year? And nothing for the previous year where he uh, finished lower well, than... Uh, really? Well, he was in Formula Atlantic or something, wasn't he?
1: Did... Uh, is it, right, OK. So it's the three seasons before you go into Formula yeah. One. Yes. Okay. Alan Frost, oh, what
2: did, about so... Alan Frost.
3: Uh, I reckon Alan Prost did a National one, well, national F3 Championship mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to say he probably got with
2: other bits and bobs 31 Alan Prost got 55 okay so uh, he would have got in Ayrton Senna
3: well he had a Formula 3 win National Formula 3 win yep uh, that's 10
2: mm-hmm. so there were two championships you get two lots of 10 for that uh, he would only have got one, loss of 10, cause one lot of ten because he only won one lot of ten for of that, and
3: then prior to that, he sort of Formula Four, I've seventeen.
2: He'd have got forty, spot on, because he won three Formula F- uh, Ford titles across two years. Oh, would okay. Susie Wolf have got a uh, license oh, again? I haven't looked at her. I suspect not because in the last in the last three years She's um, to... she hasn't actually raced, has she?
3: And testing and that sort of stuff. No, I think mm. I think, she, and she never did anything when she raced either. She got a Tell you what, for it does do. It pushes people out of testing rules, no, which is pushes, not the worst thing. And pushes thing. them into FIA series. Yeah, well, only if you want to do Formula One. But they all do. Uh, they point. all used to. Well, yeah, I suppose so. A, a lot of people are saying.
1: I, I want to move on from this because this is complete nonsense from the i just it's not nonsense. A few nonsense
2: more drivers to. Uh, no, I don't. To I don't want it to be
1: boring. Sure.
3: Liga Hakkinen, uh, F3, so, I don't know, Makau, uh, 40. Ten. Surely the people with the most points would have been the drivers back in the 60s who came up through the official FIA F2 Championship and they got those 60 points. They certainly would
2: have done, yes. Yeah. Except so, like, a yeah. lot of them uh, were doing it at the same time as Formula 1, when they were oh, successful. Oh, right, I see.
3: see. Jochen Rindt would be my bet for most points ever.
2: Uh, Gerhard Berger? <laughs> Remember, Gerhard Berger was the uh, president of the FIA Single Seater Commission who instigated this whole system. Three. Four. Yes. He, he finished eighth in the FIA Formula 3 European Championship. Right. OK,
1: so we've made our point here. We're now flogging a dead horse. It's a complete nonsense. But... You know, people who are seeing It's a lot that, of money on this nonsense, mate. You know, but it mm. is a complete nonsense. But it might have the opposite effect from what they're expecting. It might drive people mm. away from this, because these are series that are very expensive and don't guarantee you getting... They still don't guarantee you getting into Formula One. Jolly and Palmer's won a, the series this year that is the most important one apart from Formula One, and yet he's not going to get a Formula but One drive is, this year.
3: neither of the two previous winners. Well, so it doesn't matter about how many points you get for your yes, super license it matters
1: whether you get a seating in Formula 1
3: if somebody came in and did a single season you know and, and came fifth in GP2 but had lots of cash they couldn't jump the queue hmm because they'd only got the 10 points, and perhaps they got 10 points for a national Formula 3 prize. That's, they wouldn't have enough points. Well, listen, that's you
1: know what? If that's what happens, that's not the worst thing that happens. I don't think that this is the sky falling in Is what everybody is seeing. What it says is that if you are an average driver that is competing in an FIA series, but you've got lots of cash, you can't buy you into Formula 1. Yes, you can Sounds good. Well, well, no, you, you can't, because n- if you haven't got the results in the last three years... If you've you got the most buy, you money,
2: win. you buy the seat at the best team and you win the championship.
1: Mm. Well, you still have to have some talent for that team. Yes. I think gp can do that. You still have we to have see. some talent for that. If you're an average driver, you're not going to be able to do that. Let, Whereas, let's have, have a look at some
2: GP2 be... champions who probably mm. have more money than talent. Pastor uh, <laughs> Maldonado. Max Chilton. Now, pass the, no, stop. Pass the, G, Chilton's not a champion.
3: And Mauro so Milano actually, is one of those drivers who is horribly maligned. His things have gone slightly wrong, but he's actually not that bad. Mm. He had won a number of races in GP2. He won a Grand Prix on merit. And yes, he has brain fade. But in fairness, I don't. I think he is unfairly maligned. You know, he was being maligned for... Yeah, all right, he makes mistakes. He's pushing a really bad car last year. Not his biggest fan, but let's not kick a man...
1: I'm looking on the positive side of this, right? I'm looking at all these people who are Mm. cash-rich and not talented enough to get to the sharp end of GP2 or GP3, who are still... You know, some of these are still decent drivers, but they've got loads of cash, but they're not going to get a super licence on this new regulation. If I'm a uh,
3: LMP2 team owner, I'm going to be welcoming these guys with open arms. Yeah, but if they want, to, if they want to eventually spend their cash in F1, they're not going go to LMP2. because There's no points of P2. But they're not going to get to F1 because
1: they're not going to get a super license. I think this. I honestly think this is going to have be counterproductive. From you know, what this is going to do is allow the more talented people, albeit still people who've got a bit of cash. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's, I'm not seeing the poor people are automatically mm-hmm. going to get into Formula One. But it is going to stop the really
3: minted people taking up seats at Formula One in teams that should be bringing new talent through. Well, obviously it would have stopped Chilton. I, I would it have stopped Bianchi or was Bianchi didn't get enough points from where he came come through? Sorry,
2: Bian- Bianchi uh, scored uh, loads of points. Yeah, he was well yep. over 40. Well, he had a bit of talent. That's, it, yeah, uh, that's fine. It would have stopped uh, uh, Esteban Gutierrez. Marcus Ericsson. Uh, Guido van der Garda, uh, Max well? Verstappen, Kamui Kobayashi, Marcus Ericsson, Will Stevens, Pedro Diniz,
3: right. Well, let's Nigel
2: honest, Mansell. Let's,
3: well, let's let's not go back there. Kobayashi did the wrong championships, but he's got the talent. But the, so, what you're saying is all the renter drivers we've had recently wouldn't have got in. Yeah. How's that bad? How do you rescue the teams who need money? But that's well, how's not that all bad? The renter
2: drivers because Perez is a renter driver. Um some extent Creat was Maldonado definitely was Creat's not around rather. Mm. I think the bigger
1: implications for the rest of motorsport whilst I can say why everybody's running around with their hair on fire I think the implications for the rest of motorsport aren't necessarily as bad as everybody says it is I think what it will do is allow it will force Teams in Formula One to keep their current drivers longer. Which is not a good thing. Which is not a good thing. Um, It will force the current drivers to start having to look for money as they drop down through the order of teams. And it will put the smaller teams out of business because there won't be people coming with shed loads of cash, only. A small amount of cash, or relatively speaking, smaller amount of cash. I, I don't, I don't see how this is awful for anybody. I think it's a mistake. I think it's not well thought out or reasoned. But you know, duh
3: that plenty of stuff happens like that. It's not the end of the world. It really isn't the end of the world. I don't think. I, don't think, I think it's. I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it's odd that they've given the most points something doesn't
2: exist. Mm. It, it will allow teams who are running in the championships with the most points to uh, increase the amount that they charge drivers and teams which are traditionally more yeah, successful yeah, will be yeah. able to increase uh, uh, their fees even more so team owners only uh, if they continue to be successful Tim, as soon as they stop being successful the bottom drops out of that. Yes, but if they've got more money to spend, then they'll get more successful. Remember that. a uh, spec series. Formula Three is not a spec series. Well, uh, um, true. And uh, there's one Formula Three team in this country which has its own wind tunnel. Remember. Yep. Yeah,
1: true. True. I think, I, I, honestly, I, um, I don't think it's going to be the massive problem that everybody says it is. Um, I think it'll uh, it'll overprice some of the FIA series which will lead people to go elsewhere which means that there'll be money sloshing around in other forms of motorsport it may well force people away from single seaters earlier in their quote unquote career path there's plenty of people who start off saying I'm not going to to be a single seater driver because I know that I've never got the backing behind me all this is going to do is make more people think that way if it makes the FIA series more expensive um, and you know if you are in an area where those are perceived as more important for a super license, of course you're going to charge more. That's supply and demand. I don't have an issue with that. But if you are looking at somebody who wants to try and make a career out of it, seeing my chance of getting of having to spend all that much money to only to get a license, not to guarantee myself a place in Formula One, until getting a super license guarantees you a seat in Formula One. What's changed? Absolutely nothing at all.
2: Final question. Would this make it any more likely that someone like uh, Davide Valsecchi or uh, Andy Suchek would get a seat in Formula One?
3: Does it mean any more or less likely that anybody gets a seat in Formula One? No, it does. It makes it less likely for some people because they won't have the qualification. Before, the qualification was a checkbook. Now, the qualification is a checkbook and some points. Max Chilton wouldn't have got his two years at at, uh, Marussia because he hadn't got the points for it.
1: Man, then maybe we would have had to go as Nick as Tim said. Maybe he would have had to go a different way about it and picked his championships differently where, and go pot hunting.
2: Where would uh, Mauricio have found a driver if they couldn't uh, have uh, Max Chilton?
3: Well, what they would have done, I assume, and it wouldn't have worked out much better for them, is rather than taking the ten point seven billion dollars from Max Chilton, they have taken nine point three or seven point eight from somebody else. At the point it seven. No, it's come out today. It's All ten point right. seven. Okay. came out the Mauricio. Findings. Um, so rather than his ten point seven, uh, they were to get nine point three from, you know, Johnny Smith or from Enrique you know, it may be.
1: So can we sum up the last half an hour? The last half an hour is these new FIA proposals are the wrong answer to a question that to a question that actually hasn't been They're asked.
3: They're reaction Correct. to not wanting a seventeen year old no. no
1: no it's the wrong answer to a question that hasn't been asked. And it's a ill-conceived an, in terms of its structure, but effectively it's the wrong answer to a question that hasn't been asked. That's the last half an hour
2: of what we've just been talking about. The good news is uh, we're going to move on to another news story now. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> the bad news is it's another FIA-generated news story. Oh. Because... And by the way, it is our Formula One review coming straight after this show. if you're listening live. Yes. And it, it might
1: as well be after the, after the, the repeat as well, so... Um, it is uh, Nick and I talking about the on and off track machinations of the 2014 Formula One series. Money
2: will play a part again, I'm sure. Well, oh, you get uh, paid F- this
1: time. Yeah. <laughs> FIA? A
2: couple, couple of weeks ago, yeah. hidden in Christmas where no one would see it. Uh, what, like FIA... rafting Christmas with a ball? <laughs> yes, a bit of gossamer. Uh, the FIA sent out its World Motorsport Calendar.
1: Mm-hmm. Now yes. this is a
2: document that had a big
1: picture of, of Max Mosley on it. Full mm-hmm. of oh, no, no, that was last year. Uh, right.
2: but with no regulatory <laughs> value. Uh, but it includes calendars for every championship in the world which has FIA in its name, from Formula right. One down to karting, truck racing, rallycross. You mm-hmm. name it, it's in there. Drag racing. Drag racing. Yes. If there's an FIA Fire drag year, racing maybe. championship. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Formula One section, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get ready here because you need to uh, prepare your international not surprised face. Right. Okay. The Korean Grand Prix was not listed. Yes. No. Can you believe that? Well, it's a shock, obviously. Um, you know, we we
3: believe that it was a very well, you know, well-intentioned uh, insertion because the, the uh, it's o- it's not often you actually put a, a race on the calendar when you, uh, when you phone at the track operators they know nothing about it nor do they want it
1: for <laughs> the country involved.
3: Yeah, uh, and it was merely done to get around a loophole and. For the, uh, which has now been discovered a subsidiary loophole, which, are, which the team are even happier with, so they can ignore the first loophole. Correct. Mm. Right. So it's a double loophole, basically. It's like double jeopardy. They cancel can't each other out the second loophole. So they've ditched it. No Korean Grand Prix, so Nico Hülkenberg can go to spa.
2: Hurrah! Which I think he was going to do anyway.
3: Which I think he knew he could do anyway, yeah, because it, 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 was, it was. I don't know why, they, it, it, why should, they didn't just say, yeah, we're playing with the numbers, because. It was logistically impossible to get from uh, Korea to Barcelona in a week anyway. And the idea was, of course, that uh, it would the extra Grand Prix would allow the teams to, to have, have... An extra engine. An extra engine, yes. Um, but then instead they decided to have a, a really, really good read of the rules and find even more loopholes made the FA even look more silly. Yeah, exactly. And really annoy Honda. Though Honda now apparently might be less annoyed because it looks like some, some extra caving going
2: on. Well, there is a meeting uh, going on uh, at the moment, in fact, uh, yes. involving... Do I, do I need to Honda explain this more? I think you do.
3: Okay. The horny problem that's come out of this year is that after the superb uh, design and development by uh, Brixworth and Stuttgart with the Mercedes engine, and the less competent uh, engine designs from Ferrari and Renault, um, the engines were effectively frozen on February 28th. It was a very cold day. But they knew that at the end of the year, they'd be allowed to change not all the engine, but about 50% of it. And which 50% they they changed, they could choose. And each bit of the engine had a certain token value. It's a bit like when you go to the, to the arcade and you win tickets of various games. When I mean, you, you get enough tickets, you can get you know, a mug and a, a bobble hat and a, a and, the big,
1: and the big, cuddly yeah. teddy bear.
3: So if you wanted to change the up-and-downy bit, say it was five tokens, you wanted to change the turbo, it was ten to- Anyway, they had a total of 28 tokens to change. I think a full engine is 56. I think I'm right in saying, uh, Tim. Um, and they could, and everyone thought that what would happen is it has to do all those changes, all 28 token changes, so it was a half upgrade of the engine, in time for February the 28th this year, 2015. But unfortunately, what was discovered by very careful reading of the book, by people whose job it is to very carefully read every FI book, they hadn't actually written that date in stone. So even though the implication was it should have been February 28th, uh, it wasn't written down. So what they've said now is that means that we can phase in the same 28 upgrade points but we can have seven at the start. And we can decide half they do four. So it basically means they can have they can make a decision of what they want to upgrade, rather than having to go for the ERS uh, system and the up and downy bit, and then decide later they want to do the turbo and the KERS. So it gives them the, the more flexibility about how they upgrade the engine. And that has been. And the FIA has gone. Yeah, you're right. We didn't put the actual data in yeah, You can. So they effectively can do.
1: So that is how the FIA talk cor- uh, corporately.
3: They do it oh, cool, cool, uh-huh. again. Oh, why? Why have we got so many intelligent people making us look stupid? But then because Charlie still Whitey using
2: said, "Fax machines." Yes. <laughs> Charlie Whitey wonder. turns around, and goes, "Ah,
3: but that doesn't apply to Honda. Why
2: Honda not, have Charlie? to because
3: homo- they're new, and therefore they have to homologate their entire engine as is on February twenty eighth. Right? And Honda have gone. That doesn't seem very fair." Because why should we? Why that means we don't get to do any upgrades during the season. Correct. We you know, And and can't argue with us. We can't. But but, but why should? They? Oh no! Hang on a second. That was logic. But, but and it also does seem that once again that is you've got a major <laughs> motor manufacturer coming in, investing a large amount of money, and the first thing the FIA decide to do is to them off, basically. Yes, exactly. And, thinking, and you just think, why is it that as soon as F1 gets over a seat, uh, basically as soon as the FIA have patched up the holes from last year's foot shooting instance, they decide before even the wounds have healed to start opening a blunderbuss straight downwards again to and make themselves, making themselves look stupid but, you know was it ever thus and will it ever be but it will be the greatest season TM ever
1: oh yes well, oh, Joe Bradley's wandered over, ready to put a headset on. He might be wanting no. to talk about something. Uh, just, I'm just reading through some of the collective, uh, and some Thank very good points <laughs> being being made about the the licensing uh, situation. Um, takes no account of uh, this. Takes no account of competition in the championship, which is right, of course. You can have a really bad year and ace a championship, yeah, and get your forty points or whatever you needed. And just because you've won hmm. that championship doesn't mean that you're going to be any good in Formula 1 or could even drive in a Formula 1 car. Do you still have to do 300 kids yes. of testing?
3: that's another story. Right. There's another story about that. You, have you got that story, Tim? Let's talk about it now, yeah. Right, what it is, is that there is a new... Well done, Collector, for prompting Now There is a new F1 team, theoretically. Right. This is a Sam Smith, uh, Sam Collins, race car engineering scoops, which I'm nicking for him now. It's all right, he's put it out there. I'm not breaking conferences. Perrin Automotive have that. decided that they are going to build an F1 car. <laughs> right. But they're not going to enter the F1 championship.
1: Right. They're just going to let people drive it and get the. They're their just licenses.
3: going to let people do their 300 clicks really cheaply. That's a great idea. Not, not taking up any of the test days the teams don't want to give away. So all they have to do is a build a car idea, isn't that it? Passes, the crashed, idea. passes the crash test, meets the design dimensions... They can get an engine from someone who'll lend it to them. I'm sure they can get an engine from one of the three manufacturers for money. It's in this but, month's magazine, have you seen exactly. it? So you, you don't So you, you don't it? so you don't have to It's uh, car engineering. So to, uh, it yeah, yeah. You get to buy I've, it. I still haven't got my subscription. No. I mean uh, the word was
4: I am sick of asking Andrew Cotton. That's an aside though. <laughs> the car is a very. it's the car is a very clean and just Simple. Simple look, for want of a better term, yes, simple looking concept of a Formula One car. And it's within the Formula One regulations. And what a business idea. What a fantastic
3: business mm. idea. Because the problem they've got is they have highlighted, is a lot of these guys, have, because of the rules about not using brand new cars, have been doing their testing in V8s, which is pointless because it hasn't got the very important hybridization they've got to learn to mm. use. So, yeah, that's, that is the plan.
1: Uh, I think it's a brilliant business idea. Well, Why didn't we
3: think of that? Because we can't build uh, a car? Because we can't build a car. Oh, we'd find someone to build a car. Right. And and, what, and then we'd find someone to build us a hybrid engine as well, would we? Well, hang on a second. have <laughs> got any money. You just buy one. Just go and buy one. Go and buy a car, an old car.
2: And put all the hybrid melody in. It can't be that old, though, because it's got to conform to current yeah, regulations.
4: I still think we'd struggle for budget just to get
2: us off the ground, John.
4: Mm. You'd
3: have I to sell we, the Porsche. I if... think we'd struggle for budget for the copies.
4: <laughs> yes, Whoa. this is a
2: Ow? that's that's where the tone's coming from. Yes.
1: Oh, you found it, have you? Can you turn that down, please? Because that's really horrible. No, still getting it. It's not coming from me. Sorry, dear
2: listener.
1: It's not coming from us. We've got nothing that can generate tone. (laughs) I didn't hear anything. I'm fine in my headset. My headset? Please turn that down, Tim. Whatever you're doing. it's Not coming from me. Ooh. Where's
2: it coming from? Telly, probably. We haven't got anything faded up from Telly. Oh, it's gone now. Right. I think it's actually feedback on Joe's headset, but. No, it's not. Because it started as soon as he started talking.
4: Talk? It's not in my headset.
2: No. Can you hear Tim? though? you can't hear Tim. No, can I can't you? hear Tim. No, no, that's fine. And Joe still sounds like it's on the submarine.
1: do <laughs> That's the same headset that Johnny was using earlier. So... It's submarine Joe. <laughs> that's not cotton das, Joe. Das Boot.
3: Anyway, carry on. Yes, yeah, so that's that's F one. So you can, we, we can build our own car, repairing cam, We can test it, and lots of the young men who've got forty points will come and give us money to do it.
4: Apparently, they're also building an LMP one car as well, a coupe.
1: Oh, that's been on the cards
3: for yeah,
4: ages
1: though. Mm-hmm.
4: And, 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 but they have and, no plans to sell it as a as a competition car.
3: Why would you want to do? Don't I, don't need, know. I just think they get need, off on building. Cars. You don't need to do
2: that, do you? Because you haven't no got to get restrictions. So
3: <laughs> there are.
2: Not in P1 coming this year. P1.
3: Ah, well,
1: you don't even need. But the thing is, for Le Mans, you don't even need to do your your test um, at Le Mans in a in the car you're going to drive. No, but
3: you have to do your test in a car, and you have to do your simulator test, don't you? Which is seven grand now. Mm. No, no, because the ACO can get some cash as well. Not just the FIA. Well, I was going to say, you know, um, (laughs) we.
1: we, I'm not um, sure that you can criticise the FIA (laughs) for trying to make people have uh, more qualifications qualifications before they get a super license when the ACO are charging seven grand for a simulator session
4: but if you remember what Alex Capardia told us it's not just about acclimatizing yourself to the circuit it's about the safety procedures and and the safety cars and he found that a real
1: massive advantage how is Alex Kapadji not being snapped up by someone? Mm-hmm. He is a super-quick silver driver when super-quick silver drivers need to be snapped up.
4: Well, he he's actually happy, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn from him here, but it's something he's put on Facebook this afternoon. He's happy to hear that the silver drivers now have to take part in, in the qualifying.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, same so as
4: it's going to add value to his worth.
1: Yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. I agree. I think that's very good. <laughs> Are you listening to Midweek motorsport Series 10... Uh, Episode 1, Joe, Nick and myself are in Dubai at the Dubai Autodrome. The uh, sun just starting to drop down behind the... Uh, behind the grandstands, actually as Tim pointed out earlier the sun's not moving, it's the grandstands that are moving in relation to the sun. Did uh, Tim get the Book of Pedantry for Christmas? Must have uh, The welcome barbecue is, uh, I can see the chafing dishes have been, been fired up now so there no. must be food on the way shortly uh, and uh, we'll move on
2: to our next story which is what Tim? Uh, some sad news unfortunately Right. Uh, the death of Jean-Pierre Beltoise uh, at the weekend Yes, this is
1: very sad um, Obviously, best known Jean-Pierre Beltois Best known for winning. His Formula 1 career Winning, winning in the 1972
3: Monaco Grand Prix In the wet That was on telly With, on ITV, a, with and I remember only one it, functioning, in functioning
1: arm In a what?
3: BRM. BRM what? P160 It's
1: good, <laughs> it's good. Well,
3: I actually remember seeing that Raced, that at, Le <coughs>
1: Raced at Le Mans Raced at Le Mans many times His best, best result was a fourth In the, in the
3: mid-60s Didn't he win the Index to Thermique?
1: He he in he not understand. In his, in his first attempt at Le Mans, he was I think eleventh overall, maybe even better than that. But won the in, index of thermal efficiency. Um, for the 150 cc to 1100 cc category, you know, I think it must have been a D Jet or something like
4: Do you that. I think
3: he also possessed the most French name in motor Jumpyard Beltr. Jumpyard Beltr. He
4: he did have restricted movement in one of his arms, if I remember. Yes, right. that's right. That's so right. Yeah. His left arm, and he's, yeah. it might have been his left arm. Cause it's it was his,
2: his, his right
4: left arm, yes. Lever on. Um but he did it, it from a, um, an earlier injury from something. <laughs>
2: from, <a sports laughs> yeah. Maris- from a sports car. Didn't his
4: sister car.
3: Who did his sister marry? No, he, no he, he, he married,
4: married Seven. Sister. sister. Right. I knew there was a connection with a sister there.
3: They yeah. all all the French drivers married people that who were related to other people, wasn't it? Right. was married to Arnaud's sister or vice versa, wasn't it? It was all right. very close and Lafitte was married to sad, sad to hear Le Pen. A, cu- a couple it? of uh,
1: a couple of strokes uh, were what uh, how old uh, was he? Seventy seven. Thank you, very good uh, Was what, uh, w- what uh, took him from us uh,
2: Jean-Pierre Beltoise who uh, died At the weekend He also Just won two uh, French touring car championships Did he really? And eleven motorcycle championships no, I didn't realise he was a two-wheel champion as well. He was. Not Ooh, a world nice, champion, nice. Only, only a French champion, but 11 French championships he won on two wheels before switching to sports cars in the 60s. If you're wondering, by the way,
1: why there's car noises outside, um that is because the teams are now doing passenger rides. Uh, yes, there was no the Goodwin passengers was, uh, are
4: kitted out in fireproof overalls and all, all the required gear. They? They're not ju- yeah, they're not just putting people in there and
1: right. say, hey here we go alright ok uh, it's not, so it's it's very organised it's like fairground right? and
4: I don't think it, there's a queue I think it's people connected to it's maybe it. sponsors or something yes
1: absolutely uh, moving on Midweek Motorsports uh, it is uh, the first of a new series uh, and it is the 7th Wednesday the 7th of January 2015 Tim what do you have for us uh, a trivia
2: question for you uh, trivia Ooh. On, Ooh. on the subject of Jean-Pierre Beltoise ok Uh Obviously, you mentioned the 1932 Monaco Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the only Grand Prix he won, was it? Uh, it, was was the it... Only, it was the only
1: point-scoring Grand Prix he won. He won two non-championship Grand Prix.
2: <laughs> Correct.
1: Where? Not a clue. Clement Ferrand and Dijon, I would say. Alton Park and... <laughs> what if we're I'm... asking did he, he won
4: two non-championship Formula 1 races. Yes. Yeah. Where were they? Grand Prix, yeah. it Was one of them at Nivelle...
2: In Belgium. Ooh. And yeah. the other one? I don't know, just was that was okay. that one anywhere near was, it? Was it, any cat? of
1: us anywhere near it?
2: No, geographically miles away. Buenos yeah, Aires. Marrakesh so. Where were they? South bon- America? Buenos Aires.
1: Mexico. Both of them are, both are the Bonos Bonos
2: Panos Panos. Panos.
1: Wow. So. Right, moving on. I'll store that one away because that'll pop up as a Christmas. Buenos Aires. Ares. What's new? Buenos Aires.
3: Buenos Aires. Stop
1: it. Ba- ba- Move on, please. <laughs> uh, who is a Formula 1 star of the future? Me. Who is a Formula 1 star of the future? Anyone who's got enough money to go in an FIA championship and points and points and points. What do points right.
3: make? Licenses.
1: Licenses. <laughs> but like I kept saying, it license does not a drive get.
4: Yes, but is that going to be until the, the the man with the biggest fat check walks up and says, "Well, I have not quite got the points, and I have not quite done XYZ." Ah,
3: you're saying are you saying that they're That's the, where that we they are can now, is the force majeure element, I'm sure there is yes. one. I don't know I, I, That's such a vague question Tim It could be anybody
2: uh, Who in the opinion Of Alan Permane uh, Will be a Formula 1 star Of the future Alan Permain. Oh uh, Thingy Ocon isn't it and Sebastian Esteban, Ocon, Esteban, Ocon. Ocon Sebastian Ocon yeah, yeah. Sebastian Ocon Ocon, Esteban. Ocon. Esteban. I thought it was Esteban Esteban
3: Tomorrow yes, Esteban. Esteban right. With our
1: GP3 champion Thanks,
3: Alex Lynn. Alex lynn has well. got 40 points already
1: yeah, so he's got his licence. He doesn't have to do anything else. All he's got to do is sit or... around and wait for him to...
3: No, he has to do 300 kilometres and then get it. He just has to yes.
1: wait for someone to give him a call and strap him into a Formula One mm. car and hand him a huge contract. Oh, no! That's not how it works. we will be now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Se- Sebastian Akon has... In uh... one of
1: the six teams that are left.
2: We've got three cars each. Mm. That'll be the only way it'll work. Sorry, go ahead, Tim. Uh, uh, Esteban Akon has also got more than 40 points already, so... Uh... And he has done 300 kilometres of testing in a Lotus. Oh,
3: he's a show off, isn't he? Yeah.
2: And he's over drive, though. He's over he 18.
3: Has he got a road licence?
1: I assume so. Well, so if he lost his road licence for say. for you know totting up, or <laughs> no, I don't mean just left it under the carpet somewhere, you know. But <laughs> if it, if it was if his road licence was suspended, well, that's a good question, isn't it?
4: Well, that always used to be the case when I had a racing licence back in the 80s and 90s. If you lost your road licence, you lost your race licence. However, but there is no tie-up between those two organisations. They didn't do that with no. Alan Jones, did they? I know. There's or no correlation with, between Oh, Or with
1: Ralph that. Schumacher. You know, correlation and
3: or with Damon Hill. Licenses and stuff. Or with Damon Hill. That's right. But, but but Alan. Planned. But Alan lost it for drink driving, didn't he? Alan, Alan Jones lost yeah. his for drink driving. He says it was spiked. I suppose
4: if you have an, an international driving licence and you lose your UK licence, uh, sorry, if you have an international race license, right. and you lose your UK license, or if uh, did Alan Jones indeed have a UK license?
3: I do not know the answer to that question. Or did he
4: lose his
1: Australian license? It's it's all you know. That's where it all falls apart. <laughs> Nick Holland has tweeted at BetVictor and said, "Earning points to play in a series that lives on spending tokens. Is this what Formula One has been reduced
2: to?" Yes Actually yes Nick <laughs> I think there's an idea for a game show in there somewhere isn't there? <laughs> I do yes it's, it's,
3: it, I, I think actually even better than that. It's a board game isn't it really You've got earn points, spend tokens mm. Fantastic
2: um, Carry on There's uh, a little bit of political argument uh, Going on in Italy at the moment isn't there Nick there's always political arguments going on uh, Silvio
3: Berlusconi had one of his parties?
2: <laughs> no. Uh, Sergio... It's like the
3: Tory had one of his parties.
2: Sergio Marchion and uh, Luca De Montezemolo.
3: Well, Sergio Marchion does, has blocked Luca Montezemolo being the... Uh, what, uh, on Facebook? Being... <laughs> <laughs> he's blocked no, on he's Facebook. No, he's blocked him being on the, FIA, the, FIA, or the F1 commission, is not he? Or heading the F1 commission. Hmm. Is that the you're
2: talking about? Uh, yes. What? basically
3: he's gone we sacked you go and, fly, go and run the airline and lay off F1 is what he's saying is that what he said? yeah and by the way I, your liver spots are all joining up what did uh, Montezemolo get the spray tan
2: did he start
4: to say fuming and... yeah. Yeah. yeah no fumio El fumio
2: <laughs> what, what did Montezemolo uh, say Hey. hey! This is
3: not fair! I, I leave the company and I want to run any sport! It's not fair!
1: He probably said, I don't care! I never wanted it in the first place! He probably went, he's very, he went, hey. hey!
2: ciao!
3: Ciao, I have all the chicks! Yeah.
2: Ciao! That's ciao, not what ciao. he said! Yeah. He said, I deserve more respect! Hey! Uh, I
3: deserve any more respect! I have deep What's love for you! Hey! you stop hey, it, got stop to it. No respect! Jazz
1: hands oh. for all those without vision! Oh dear, oh, we seem to have lost Nick altogether! <laughs> it doesn't away take from...
4: much for him to break out into song no, it, I've got it, to say it, it, nothing at all we had jazz hands twice now I know. on both occasions jazz hands I
2: know <laughs> is that <laughs> in a metaphysical sense John
3: no uh...
2: it's a hand sense isn't it
3: no, I meant that we've
2: lost him it's my know. very
3: own hands device I don't he... think they can touch you for it <laughs> no, I, well, I not if do. he's
2: waving his hands around no, like don't that. Don't you can get you can. to them no. no. moving on I've heard reiterated gratuitous and sometimes unfounded accusations. I do not want to fall for such provocations.
3: That's fair. Yeah. I, I can't do that in the accent. It's too complicated. No. <laughs> There's lots of, anyway. lots of words. There's provocations
2: though. I think you could possibly do, but yeah, basically he's not
3: very happy, is he? No,
2: he's not. Neither he of them are very upset. happy. Well, no, Marcelli isn't very happy because his team's rubbish. Mm. And I suspect he didn't realise how rubbish until he took over. Mm. Mm. Moving on... Uh, Bike news. Yes. Excellent.
3: It's not push bike news, it's
2: that upset me. MotoGP. Excellent. Good game. We're getting to the hub of it now. Uh, it what does uh, Mark Marquez think about Valentino Rossi? He, he thinks very... he's
3: amazing. He thinks he's come back unbelievable. And he yeah. never would have
2: credited it that the old boy could still do it. He thinks he's old. That's exactly uh, what he thinks uh, that he's uh, incredible, unbelievable, and uh, old. And amazing. Uh, <laughs> What does Valentino Rossi think about Valentino Rossi?
3: He thinks he's the best he's I, ever been. I'm too old. He really does.
2: I'm older, but I feel a hundred percent.
3: So we were both right. Yeah, he's old but really, really, really good. I mean, yeah, in, in, let's be really honest about this. He had a very, very good year last year. He beat, he beat his teammate. That's
1: all you can ask.
3: In Jorge Lorenzo, who is a, a multiple world champion in many ways, drove him away from that team and into the arms of Ducati three, four years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and he is doing it at 35, 36 years old in a sport that is incredibly physically demanding, both in multiple yoga. injuries and in uh, the physicality. And it is effectively, I think, what he's done the last year is, is repaired any damage he had achieved to his reputation really during the two on. years at, uh, at Ducati, he, really because he basically, yeah, he's proven he is the best person not riding a Honda and. Whilst we know Marquez is better than Pedrosa, we don't know how good he actually is, because that bike is fantastic. It's obviously very good, but that bike is fantastic. So,
1: you know, I think it's a, a situation where... Head-to-head match race between Marquez and Rossi on similar bikes. Mm-hmm. One, thing I, one thing I think is pretty... On rubbish bikes. One thing I give I think everybody
4: is- a chance by putting Marquez
1: on a Ducati. That <laughs> yeah. would make things interesting. It would. But mm-hmm. he'd,
4: be everybody- front,
3: he'd be at the front
1: if he fell off. Give everybody a chance by... Uh, giving uh, Marquez a Honda
3: with no engine and a set of pedals instead mm. uh, that would that still get cool. them down <laughs> what, they, what, what they should do, they should give him the, the 2008 Honda, which Tedson uh, Button couldn't drive, uh, before it became the good brawn
2: yeah, true. Mm. Moving on Doesn't Ducati's uh, head of motorsport have such a fabulous name
3: Go for it, who is it?
2: Paolo Ciabatta uh,
3: And the amount of bread he's earning
1: Probably less than this one <laughs> Is is a crumb of comfort for hmm. the board. He's a of Italy, you know. Is he? Yeah. Come on, Joe. I can't hear what
4: Tim's saying. Ah. So your comment meant meant he's nothing called, to He's me. called Paolo Ciabatta.
1: Oh, really? Who is <laughs> So we're looking for <coughs> bread-baked, bread-based <laughs> puns, baked jokes, bread puns. Bread-based yeah. race Ducati, drivers.
3: Ducati bread-based jokes. All yeah. right. Yeah. Paolo
1: Ciabatta. Yeah, that's his name. Anyway, moving on. It's too late. You've missed it now. Yeah, it I just... It's gone. The moment's gone. The moment's passed. More buns and puns. There you have it <laughs> <sighs> This is going swimmingly, isn't it? it is, I always it love the first of a new
2: season. Come on. I'm so glad we've got all the features. All the features. <laughs> um, and uh, the full team as well. Um, <laughs> I've completely lost my place now. Where were we? Excellent. Now? Moving uh, on. Ducati? Yes. Uh, I was going to say, is there any more... Um, Bike news, and I don't think there is. We we actually never finished talking about Ducati. Um, no. What's uh, Ducati's disadvantage uh, this season? They're Italian. This season, the season coming or the season gone? The season coming.
3: Uh, they're going to be very late to open their new bikes. They're doing a lot of work for it, so they might not get to test it before the first race. Their bikes are too red.
2: Um. When they... when did Honda P- and Yamaha P- first test their 2015 bikes?
3: Uh, I think 1911. Katie Stadler was running it in April <laughs> or May last year, wasn't
2: he? Uh, May last year is correct, yes. Uh, when will Ducati first test their new bike? 2016. In March. <laughs> <laughs> Probably right, actually.
3: It's March. Is it? Possibly I'm late February. That's oh. a full year later. Mm. because they, because they they basically when well, they got the they, when, Mr. Jibata, when Mr. Jubasica came in mm. uh he couldn't take a crumb of comfort from, from what was I did really that already just, did you? Oh, I, I, was, I was, too, too busy. Oh, was too busy prodding jokes I'm trying to put you up here but carry <laughs> <on>. <laughs> anyway so uh
1: basically yeah so he, so went, they he couldn't f- jam it in at the busy show to build a new bike <laughs> and no they I. couldn't no <laughs> I, I think I finished about an hour ago I don't really have to be
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no no <laughs>
3: Anyway, so they decided they needed to completely redesign the bike from uh, ground up. They were quite reasonably happy with the engine, but everything about the uh, the actual um, bouncy up or down bits and the chassis bits weren't very good. So they decided to start from scratch, redesign the, the whole lot. Was oh? It was a bit doughy. Well, that's there's that's the problem. This, this really, is MotoGP. It? They use a four-cylinder. Well, there's that problem. Well, I think you're probably not far off there, actually. The co- um, they couldn't
1: design a four-cylinder no, engine. So the mo- it
3: has been the monoco- monocoque chassis, of course, and the carbon-fibre chassis. And, uh, and they are now uh, so starting from scratch that they are... Late to the party. So starting from scratch. So starting from scratch. They've,
1: they've employed a whole load of 16 year old valley girls. It's so to starting tweet from. from scratch.
3: We are so starting from it's scratch. Like, OMG. It's like Totes. Obvs. It's Totes new. Totes are balls.
1: OBS. This will be best devs. <coughs> best devs do Catty on way. <laughs> Bobs.
3: Moving on.
2: Less amazing more dobles
3: yes you should be there on their uh, social media uh, oh, do it so just ciao
2: <laughs> the cat, you do think they're going to win races this year though so uh, that's well good. someone has to <laughs> yes but they haven't said which races or in which championship but they didn't win anything in, in, in the world superbike either
3: uh, no, so we th- think we're going to win races but only if we enter the British 125 challenge no they will win races they will win every single race in, in the 848 G- 8 challenge that's right <laughs> the so 899 challenge. Yes, the 899 <laughs> challenge. We will win
1: all those races. Mm. There was a Porsche uh, press release that we used in press release the week about how many races they've won this
2: year mm-hmm. and that included all the Porsche Cup races. which was a bit of a cheat. <laughs> Moving on. I think it was uh, the number of races that Porsche had won ever and included yes. every yes, Porsche. Did they Porsche. include the times that the Porsche won in my skeletal races? Yeah, almost. Probably. Certainly. I mean, the number was... Astoundingly high. It was in the tens of thousands, I think. Moving on. Uh, sports car news. Should we start? Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, We're well, excited now. Yeah, we've got we've, six minutes before six the top of the, of the hour still to come. Yep. So, yep. Um, very exciting. Uh, during. it
3: um... <laughs> does sound excited. I'll give. Right. It was quite up, wasn't it? It was like woof.
2: During Actually, the, before uh... we move
1: on, Adam Green, Adam Green, sorry, Tim. Adam Green has just tweeted despite your Any opinion on new Ducati and Suzuki bikes that are coming? He says on MotoGP? GP. Uh,
3: the new Ducati bike, uh, it, they have need to do this rad- radical ground-up redesign for four seasons. Do you think?
1: Yes, uh, or at, l- at, at least that.
3: At uh, least that. Probably a Suzuki. That uh, you studied a lovely video about the development of their uh, their bike. I think Suzuki. Uh, first year back, I'm going to need another a year to get it going. But it's quite. Suzuki so so
1: got riding for them? Uh,
3: Bautista oh, yes, and, right. oh, great, and and his friend, um the other one.
1: The other uh, one in the Suzuki yeah, overalls.
3: And uh, they have built a conventional bike. They, uh, it was a little bit slow in testing. Uh, in that, for, it took part in the last race as kind of a guest bike in Valencia, and it was tested. It needs a, a big run. I think they're going to have problems. They'll probably be. They're just going to look to be faster than the non factory bikes. They're probably be in a kind of a gap on their own. It might
1: be an old news story here because it says uh, Barry Sheen. And... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I think <laughs> somebody needs to up, uh, update that. Maybe it's Mark. Is it Mark Oh yes, he, he didn't want to do it, did he? No, that's right. <laughs> there you go. I guessed when I saw Marco.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, okay, that, that's fine. Right now we've now got uh, five and a half minutes to do a
2: very that's quick the sports minute. car news. Well, I'll just say Marco Melandri has publicly said, I'd prefer to be in World Superbike.
3: Mm. He's had a horrible time at MotoGP on about three occasions, and he hates those Bridgestone tyres. Mm. Mm.
1: I think it's going to be, I actually think it's going to be another good Mortal GP season.
3: I think if if Yamaha can get close to Honda, they were getting there at the end of the season. Um I think it's he better. I think that Lorenzo had a real heads gone moment half of the season and didn't really get it back. So he needs to have a really good think about things.
4: I lost interest in this year's Mortal GP. What is brilliant. Really, have I missed something? Yeah, oh, the, end, the end of the season It's one of those better. things
3: where, when you stop worrying about the championship and start thinking about the races, you had to do right. after Marquez had done that thing at yeah, the front. Yeah, 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 the yeah. second half of the season was brilliant, and
1: Marquez did make some mistakes. He showed himself to be human. In fact, he fell off. Yeah, he fell off at the world's slowest corner, mm-hmm. the actual slowest corner officially, TM, <laughs> in the in the hall of in the hall of the championship. That's fell off. when it's easier to fall off a
4: bike, mate. Oh, as you're, you just saw bike. you're just seeing <laughs> that. When it's going at its slowest. You're, <laughs> you're just see <seeing> it. <laughs> you get very no, wobbly. The, the gyro, gyroscopic effect that you lose and all that. I, I think science. I still think gone. it's going be...
3: If it was that, I would fall for every single course. I'd never
4: get that fast. It's
2: exactly the same on a pedal bike. If you slow down so much that, uh, that you stop pedaling and you just let the. Uh, momentum carry you as far as you can. You just fall over.
1: Well, not if you put your feet down. Obviously, <laughs> you got to remember to put your feet down when you come to a stop. I think, Tim, that's the thing. But you're not if trying you to, come to a
2: stop. You're trying to go around a corner. All right, okay. Uh, anyway, anyway, bit quick bit of sports car news. Very before quick still bit of go. sports car news. Uh, during the uh, test session uh, this morning, at my time, yes. afternoon your time. Uh, you yes. mentioned Gabriele Lancieri. Yes. Uh Lanchieri. One of yeah. his uh one of his contemporaries in uh rubbish national uh, Formula three thousand series uh mm-hmm. was no Matthias. Matthias Lauder. <laughs> no Actually there are points for them because the one that still exists in Japan, you do get uh, twenty points for winning that or fifteen for mm. second or ten for Not third. Formula three thousand super formula. <clears throat> it's uh, what was born out of Japanese Formula 3000. And... Does it have
3: a Zetec Z- Z- engine or a loader chassis? Who was that?
1: Matthias Lauder, did you see it? Yes. And he, in, the, in 15, he's doing
2: what? Uh, he's going to be his racing his in the again. FIA World Endurance Championship. He probably will be disappointing his father again. He's going to be racing in the FIA World Endurance Championship. And what's he doing? With whom? With Aston Martin.
1: Yes, that's right. And why is he doing that? So i Hang on a second. Have I got your script? You should be asking us this. <laughs> the
2: they go. What? Who when? <laughs> Who? Who's the uh, sports car expert here? Well, it's John. Yes. So well, why is he doing this? Because I'm
1: guessing he is a, He's been ranked as a silver driver. And he's going to get a, a drive in a proam car. Yes. I don't. Think is that right?
3: Great. I don't think he's last, very good silver.
2: Last year, uh, he had been a gold <clears throat> driver.
3: Right. And I'm thinking, uh, how on earth has Matthias
2: louder ever qualified uh, to be a gold driver? Apparently, because because he did Super Cup in 2011. Right. He did a full season of Super
1: Cup. And came in the top He's 10. done DTM wasn't he,
4: from all sixteen and or nine. Four
1: last
3: year. Yes. He's done them all badly, though.
1: He he did GP2 in all four and all five. He did the final year of Formula Three thousand. Yes, but and... he didn't score any
2: points, and there were right, only eleven okay.
1: cars. He did the FIA <laughs> World That's not possible. GT1 Championship, which was then GT3, in uh, Vita for One BMW. And he did the Indian based single seater Formula MRF thing. Yeah, but that and the sort of Formula Renault level MRF. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, do we think him being a silver driver is all right? I would he's say, he's,
2: I would he's say silver a good No, no, I disagree he's experienced I enough to I think, to think be that's silver. quite harsh
1: and he
4: does things badly. He doesn't do things badly. There are quick drivers and there are super quick drivers. Mm. And we tend to always and then kind of louder. gloat on the uh, on the on the really quick drivers. I tell you now, loud Matthias Loud Matthias Louder, uh, neither of us could catch him. He he did. He, he's he's a competent himself, quick driver. No, exactly. Um, why is he
3: in Formula E he's not a very fast Formula. so it wouldn't frighten him and he's I, got a good name I don't know mate uh, you, uh, what
4: what is how has that sort of come about how has that evolved then how were those drivers being placed
3: in those seats well first of all they have a good test as long <laughs> as they're too high they're allowed in again apparently um Oh, I see, seriously the whole
1: issue about this is there's a seat available in WAC because Christopher Nygaard who was the silver driver has been elevated to gold and therefore there's no room for him because they need to have a silver driver so but I think uh, Nygaard is going over to Did I, have I read he's going over to the States to do something Tim he's going to do the four um, North American Endurance Championship races with James Davison and Christina Nelson in the TRG AMR I didn't know that that's might, that's night, well that's that's yes. uh, and uh, John says it's
2: official is mm. going to be racing at the Daytona 24 hours oh is he yes good <coughs> is he practicing now this weekend we're going to have a chat with him maybe uh, let's find out uh, Paul
1: Dallalana Pedro Lamy, and, and worksman Darren Turner yes he is oh well there's something for shit to go and find out is is um, Lauder not too experienced to be silver no there's, there's no thing there's down no, again there's no thing about experience it's a, it's about uh, it's about it's results based and effectively it's results based in in an, a an time. it's nothing that much different from getting a super license it's just a different way of grading yeah, yeah. drivers yeah. right i'm not going to i'm not going to sit and criticize the fia and then say the driver rankings in in uh, um in sports cars are any better mm. it's, just a, it's just a way the only reason that you need driver rankings in, in sports car racing at all is because you've got classes that demand that you have what are called non-professional drivers mm. in them or at least actually it doesn't say non-professional drivers it says silver or bronze because it doesn't say anything about whether they earn their living out of doing it it says how they graded and here is a set of criteria on which they are graded if they have finished if they have finished in a certain championship at a certain level then they are a gold if you have done certain things you are a platinum if you are a certain age you drop down from a platinum to a gold or a gold to a silver if you are pants and haven't started racing until you're in your 30s you can never get to be higher than a gold I think um, or something like that so it's, it's just a regulatory procedure to grade people so that you don't get teams full of hot shoes yeah pot hunting in yes. in the amateur category if you didn't have an amateur category or pro am categories in in um, lmp2 which is effectively pro am and um or, let's not call it pro am because people get annoyed about that because people think it's about earning money and it's not in experienced plus non experienced drivers or experienced different or graded driver categories easiest way to say it if you didn't have graded classes then you wouldn't need it. But you don't need graded classes because if you didn't have graded classes, the people who bring the money would never win anything because you'd have three pro drivers in a, in somebody who wanted to buy the – in a manufacturing class who wanted to buy a win. And they would stop bringing the money. And they would stop bringing the money and there'd be no cars on the track. Yeah. And, and to prove that fact, and to anybody who thinks the driver rankings are wrong or it doesn't work – There's always going to be anomalies, and if you don't like it, you can appeal. But money is not part of it. I had a big discussion with a a few people when I was at Race of Champions about this. It was very good-natured on Twitter. It was very good, actually. Money's not a part of it. It never has been. Until it is, it doesn't matter whether if I'm graded as a bronze driver and somebody thinks that I'm an addition to their team and I can go out and drive the car quick enough if they pay me $100,000 to do that that's got nothing to do with whether I'm a bronze driver or not mm. I'm a commodity I'm in demand why shouldn't I get paid for it
3: precious metals
1: yeah exactly <clears throat> bronze has a value too you know um, certainly, it does. But, certainly it's made a Rodan sculpture it does but the, the point the whole point of it is that it is just a mechanism to keep people racing and to all the proper pro drivers who earn their living out of it if it wasn't for the guys who aren't proper pros buying cars and buying seats they wouldn't have somewhere to go Mm -hmm. so be careful what you wish for, fellas. Be careful what you wish for. Otherwise, you'll get a silly point based thing like <laughs> single-seaters, which is going to push all the prices about? up. Uh, you're listening to Midweek Motorsport. Uh, we passed the hour about four minutes
2: ago. I'm really it's nervous se- about this bit.
1: It's Siri. Se- well, you're going to have to turn it right down, because of the way we're working this. Uh, how how long is the uh, the, the, the debris? <laughs>
2: It's. Uh, is it a donut? It is or a is donut, is a... yes. And it's right. about and a 53-second it? hole.
1: Okay, uh, you're listening to the first episode of it. it means nothing to me. Uh, you listen to a brand, a brand a brand new series of midweek motorsport. I'm John Hind Joe Bradley, and uh, Nick Damon are with me here in Dubai, and Tim Greer is up in London.
2: Well, that's working well, isn't it? <laughs> for the new one Midweek Motorsport
0: where we're only halfway
1: uh, so still to come on the brand new series of Midweek Motorsport more of the same the jingles may have changed uh, but we're still wombling on in almost unintelligible fashion. Uh, we're in Dubai, so we'll be talking about the Hancock Dubai 24 hours uh, in a little while. We've also got some more, plenty more sports car news for you. It's been a very big news week for sports cars. Looking ahead to the Raw before the 24 uh, as well this weekend, Shadham and Jim Roller will be bringing us all the news from that on Saturday and Sunday. And live sports cars from Dubai this weekend as well. Uh, all still to come. Plenty of chat here on Midweek Motorsport Series 10, and it's a brand new series. So this is episode number one on RadioLamont.com.
0: Midweek Motorsport on RadioLamont.com.
1: It uh, wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. No, I quite like that. That's quite funky. I quite like that. So we m- run into the second hour.
2: We're in sports car news. <coughs> Shall we stay in sports car news? Yes, you carry on with sports car news.
1: Well, we can talk about more uh, news from the uh, from the the raw before the twenty-four. Actually, because the entry list came out at the weekend, and there's been some absolutely brilliant names turn up for it. Um, Rubens Barrichello. That's a brilliant name.
3: He's Rolex.
1: Uh, he's going to do Starworks at the weekend. Is uh, he really? BMW yeah, powered seven. Uh, Daytona prototype. Um, Ryan Hunter-Reay
3: joins him. He's been trying to find a drive for ages. He's been hanging around with his helmet and can you have a drive,
1: please? But all over how the about, shop. How about this for a team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Hunter-Reay and Robins Barrichello,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Brendan Hartley, right. Tor Graves out of retirement. And the only one who's a regular Starworks driver is Scott May. Tor
3: Graves retired because he hated all racing people, and they are all horrible to him, and they were trustworthy. So what's happened in the past year to make him trustworthy and unhateable? Un- well, interestingly, he's gone to, to Starworks, so I'm not sure how that works. Uh, <laughs> we,
1: uh, we, Alex Brundle, friend of the uh, Sean well-known groovy person, uh, is uh, heading to the States as well at the weekend with
3: Olivier Pla. And he's praying, praying not to get the company overalls. Right, who? Yes, why? Because he's with the lime green clone. He is with the lime green clone. This is the new leash
1: year with the Judd engine. First time we see In fact, all of the P2s, bar the Mazdas, mm-hmm. this weekend, are brand new cars for the season. Are they
3: sorted the Mazdas out? Are
1: they getting there? They're getting there.
3: That's, very, that's a very generous statement. The,
1: the thing is that they are, they are trying to do something with, it, which is very difficult, which is make a stock street diesel block. A race engine, and I, I I I think that is laudable because that's the rules. That's the rules in in P two. It's got to be a straight block, stock block, or based on one. And I, I think that's a laudable effort, but it's been. I think it's been more difficult. Um, what else have we got? <coughs> um, Staying in the States, um, a new LMP race car. We were kind of expecting this. RV Motorsport and Riley Technologies have uh, now got their design of the what's going to be called the AR2, the RV Riley 2. This is the LMP3 category. Now, this comes hot on the heels, of course, of Geneta laying down 15 cars, and already I think they've sold eight <laughs> already,
3: L-A-S- these, these are just renderings. These aren't actual... This is in the first
1: car, is it? Correct. But the first cars from Geneta aren't that far away now. They can't be. I think no, 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 they haven't delivered the first one. They may well have, yes. Um, this is the third LMP design. LAS of the of the other consortium as well. Um, <laughs> I expected this to happen, and I think we've talked about it a bit. This is. I think this is very, very good news. RV Motorsports are Trans Am specialists. They've been building Trans Am cars for... For years, and they have already been collaborating with Riley in that um, operation. I think the future of prototype racing in the states <coughs>
3: has to include LMP3. Well, isn't it? is not it way, going or, to replace Prototype Challenge really soon? Mm. I, I, I,
1: that, I, I think that. if there is, I think if there is a replacement for Prototype Challenge, if there is one in IMSA's the future, oh. then. It,
3: it needs to be... Well, they've asked the like PCs to do an urgent upgrade, haven't they? Safety upgrade. To mm-hmm. have the anti-intrusion Xylon side of things. So I wonder whether that was, they're trying to wheedle them out by making them spend money. Because the reason they're, they're obviously trolling around is because they're so cheap. In relative racing terms, obviously. Uh,
1: they're, they're very old. They've lasted a very long time. They've been amortised over many they'll seasons. they
3: have rusty carbon fibres soon.
1: <laughs> yes. The... Um, I think, in some way, shape, or form, P3 has to be a part of IMSA's prototype racing future. Now, whether it re- replaces PC, or whether it replaces the current prototype category in its entirety... Really? Well, yeah, P2 premier, hasn't taken off. The premier
3: off, prototype in the state is P3. But, but why, why would it not
1: be? It doesn't matter if it's got nothing else to race against. I it's quick enough to be <coughs> quicker than the GT cars if if people aren't going to buy P2s and race P2s DPs are gone at the end of next season anyway so either you buy a P2 and race a P2 and wait for whatever the next cycle is or you go with something that's already available the, issue, the biggest issue that everybody's had I think in the States is that there's not a US LMP2 manufacturer, well if Riley's going to start manufacturing LMP3s you can keep the money in the States and
3: you know, support your own industry I thought Oak were going to manufacture in the States
1: Oakland doing a P3 car no a P2 car right. I, think, yeah. I think the key to
4: the success of LMP3 will be keeping the cost there's a massive gap between GTE racing or GT racing mm. a, pro- a production based a road based sports car um, albeit developed heavily. GTE, G- T-
1: take GTE out of it because right. G- GTE is now more, or as much as, if not more, then than LMP2. Yeah. Right. What What's the Americans calling GT at the moment? Cause it's GTLM. G- right. Yeah. And then GTD for. So, so GT3. Let's see. That that, that in America that comes in in 2016. Yeah.
4: Well, that's where it's going to be. Yeah.
1: And if you've got a
4: customer who's running g t three and he comes to you and you and you're the race team and he comes to you and then where where does he aspire to that massive mm. gap between g t three and l m p two is just forget it it's a huge one if l m p three can maintain its position there and it can be attractive to aspiring participants and clients mm. and customers and call them what you will to make that jump and advance and 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 go you know become uh, to jump into a prototype, the, the, the key though is keeping the cost down, which is by definition very difficult with a with a prototype car because everything's bespoke, bespoke design, etc. Um, and the methods of building a carbon tub prototype is a lot different to uh, a production based sports car, albeit a very expensive sports car. Mm. But I think, yeah, I, I would I would love to see that happen. You can see in the US, GT3, LMP3, LMP2. There, there's your sports car series,
1: isn't it? Mm. Could be.
4: And that, wouldn't that be fantastic? Yes. And and if they use the balance of performance, like we've already got. So are you well saying developed. get
1: rid of LM GT in the states? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's only Corvette that really takes it
4: seriously. Ab- ab- absolutely. Why? Why not? Look what GT3 are. GT3 cars
1: are fantastic GT3 cars what do you aspire to from that that's the problem this is the problem but that's where LMP3 is going to come because GTE is expensive and you you really the place to go would be to either do ELMS where you can win a a spot at Le Mans you could do GT LM in IMSA but you're not guaranteed to win a spot at Le Mans because that goes to a Mm pro-amp team uh, or you could go and do a WAC and possibly win a world championship. Those but reasons. That, big that, money to do what, that.
4: what you have just said
1: is the very reason we are sad. The only reason that you want to you do a GT championship is because you want to go and drive at Le Mans. Yeah, and GT threes yeah. are never going to be allowed to go no, to Le Mans. No, but you you've
4: got to start somewhere. And the reason why we're sat here doing the show from Dubai, the reason why we were at the Nurburgring last mm-hmm. year, etc., etc., and all the other and the Spar twenty four, is because of that gap. That's why GT3 is so healthy, mm-hmm. and you have a massive pool of people. Look, look at the entries that Creventic are getting, that uh, all the series that run GT3 are getting, making that step on a on a financial. We've we got we've
1: we got we've got thirty GT3 cars here, haven't we? Twenty nine GT3 cars here. It's the a 6 class, isn't it? Yeah. Plus the the nine nine seven. No, no, they're cup cars. Are they cup cars? So out today, out of, out of three quarters of the field, there was 20-odd, and I think there was four that didn't well, work. Well,
4: look, John, we've got three screens in front of us, and the first screen is virtually filled apart from
1: three cars. 23. With, with, top 23 is which is I think GT3. we've got 29. I think we've got 29 GT3 cars here. Ten years ago, there was no GT3 cars here. There ba- is. Bathurst, in a few weeks' time, will field more GT3s in the 12 hours than they had V8 supercars really? for a 1000 Yeah. For the biggest yeah. V8 supercar race on the planet, there will be more GT3 cars as one class of the 12 hour race than there was V8 supercars.
4: I mean, I love GTE cars. I think they are the, the dogs. You know, when you they are up, the ultimate When you get up they? close to those cars, mm-hmm. you know you're looking at it. It's like, they remind me a lot of the old GT2 class. Where they were, a they they were a road car on steroids. You yes. know, there was, a, and very much so. And I think they've gone to that look. They've got, you know, they've grown, they've grown muscles, kind of thing. Haven't they? The wheel archers on the new Porsche, for instance, takes me back to um, back ten, fifteen years to GT, two uh, visually. Um, however, I think just the just the idea behind GT three, LMP three, and LMP two in America and as I um, when I listened to Lawrence Tomlinson's interview with you I thought hmm British GT why not it's brilliant GT4 GT3 LMP3 there's your British GT championship
1: well you don't need Ps? because it's only a GT championship no we'll call it a sports car British sports car championship it, it, it is a possibility yeah the, the, the biggest issue that, sports, that ACO sports cars has at the moment is where do you go to get the multi-class experience And the answer is the only place you can go is to one of their championships. Mm -hmm. But where do you go to get the experience? Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm -hmm. But that's why the ELMS is still really, really valuable. All right, you've got no P1s, but you've got P2s, and you've got two GT classes, Mm GT3 and Mm -hmm. GTE. So you're still getting... And you'll have have LMP3, of course, in that as well Mm -hmm. this year. So you've still got the opportunity to learn whether you're a prototype driver or a GT driver up-and-coming to learn about multi-class racing, I love the the idea of all GT3 races. I love the idea, but you but we've seen at Spa that nobody's learning anything. You, you're not advancing somebody. You're just learning how to drive that particular car better and faster. What you're not learning to do is drive in traffic and drive in multiple classes. Yeah, that's right. And the only way you can do that is to drive in multiple classes. Yeah, that's right. So you know you it does take and if you talk to the drivers it does take a while to plug yourself back into something where if you're in a prototype all of a sudden you've got JT cars around you if you're in JT car all of a sudden you've got prototypes around you mm. I, I mean th- there are some um, Aston Martin today have, have launched a uh, a racing academy uh, where they're going to take um, 17 to 25 year olds any Aston Martin competitor um, is they're going to um, Take them and uh, let you apply up to ten of them. They will take and do fitness, marketing, and sponsorship support. base performance simulators who I've worked with who are great, and the best one will get a works drive for the season. Yeah. So qualify for that? You're driving a Aston Martin championship and be between 17 and 25. So if you're a GT4 driver, there's an incentive Mm -hmm. straight away and and when also, when you look at the other thing you know when you look at the changes to championships this year, we were talking about silver drivers earlier on um, p two drivers uh, is you're going to have to have your silver driver um help you qualify you've already got an aggregated system in p one ultimately the professionals if the professionals have to have an aggregated average system where you have two drivers in um all right now it's only. Um, uh, it's only going to be two laps, one lap a piece, rather mm. than the four laps, two laps a piece that we've seen. But in the prime classes of LMP2 and GTM, you're going to have to have a silver or a bronze, um, at least one of them, and at least a bronze in the GTM mm. to qualify. I think that's. I don't think that's right. Uh, we've also got fewer tyres mm-hmm. in. WAC, Yeah, p one yeah. Um, which is, that, that that adds an extra, I think that yeah. adds an extra dimension. Four sets allowed during free practice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, although you get eight in Bahrain and, uh, sorry, six six sets for the race, eight for Bahrain and Shanghai. Mm-hmm.
3: But um, but you can race, you four, don't four for to sets have to for the start a race. on the you qualify them. Right. Okay. So you can do it like,
1: Mm. I, I think there's a very interesting season coming up. LMS, you've got LMP3. We've talked about it. Um, Blancpain are doing the safety awareness course, similar to what uh, the guys uh, we've been talking about at Le Mans.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, a, it's a, you know the sports car ladder is becoming more clearly de- defined in some ways now, and I know people will argue about. Uh, all the bits and pieces that, that go along with the, the driver rankings, but I'll I'll stand by what I said.
3: When did this that. what
1: year did this breeder GT3 start? Well, uh, you've got to credit uh, Stefan Rattel for that. we um, see it now. Yeah, about that. Um, yeah, probably not quite, eight years. Seven or eight years. Somebody'll uh tweet in that you're to make your team Um let's have a bit of British Championship news. Uh, a couple of GT4 drives with Aston Martin teams. Are you 17 to 25? Do you want to drive? Uh, team no Park? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Beach team, they're the champions. There's a championship drive there for somebody who's funded. And Team Parker have uh, decided they're going to run a, a GT4 championship. Can, can with, you not be yeah. a
4: driver? 17
1: plus 25. Yeah, still wouldn't be enough for me. <laughs> no. no, me too. Team partner have got a J55, JT4, a genetta at the moment, and they're going to add an Aston Martin JT4 to it. For... Uh, but, a
3: big car. Hmm? Big yeah,
1: it yeah, wheels. wheels, but it unwieldy around the tight bit. Terry Langley and Mike Hart are uh, are going to be doing that. So they're going to... Uh, again, it just underlines this idea um, that JT4... And J T three and British J T exactly as as George mentioned. have um, so a quick chat then um, about Daytona at the weekend. You were there not so very long ago. Looking at the classic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Classic Big changes 24.
4: there. Oh, massive. Um, in terms of the track. In, um, not so much the track, but well, certainly the facility. The, the facility, should the I facility say? yes, and certainly the grandstand on the back straight. It was funny, you know, because looking back at pictures of the uh, mid-70s and early 80s where the grandstand in front of that start-finish straight were tiny in mm-hmm. height maybe two stories max now it's about I don't know it's maybe well, the, it's going to be about the old press tower stories or something
1: the old press tower is the last thing to come round everything's been built around it and the press tower will be demolished last right so well, where
4: all around the press tower either side of the press tower the grandstands have just gone towards the sky and whereas before, the press tower was higher by about four storeys, higher than the last row of when the were grandstand. You there? November.
1: Right. I was there in December. Right. They were already putting the escalators in. For the, for the grandstands? Yeah.
4: Yeah. And,
1: and plus, out back,
4: like towards the, the um, outside of the, the, the circuit, mm-hmm. so to speak, that building extends towards the road. Yeah. Massively. I mean it's We NASCAR did a midway motorsport to,
1: we, we, to, to that building. The the, the blue cube yeah. that is on the other side of the road is where NASCAR and uh, IMSA and everybody there, yeah. we did a show from there in December. And the changes that had happened just in a relatively short time since the last time we were there and since you were there, it's, right. it's quite remarkable. doesn't change the circuit. Still the 40-odd degree, 43-degree banking Circuit um, sure, and the infield section is, is still, I think, actually quite a challenging infield section. It's a real compromise of a track. Um, big changes this year for the uh, the the practice weekend, uh, the row before. Shea and Jim will be there for us, so we'll get some uh, we'll get some idea of what's going on there on Saturday and Sunday with two one-hour programs here on Um I think I read somewhere that there was. 18 or 19 GTD cars down from 30 something last year. So the GTD class has been the class that suffered right. the most is that in numbers. They've gone
3: off to, um, Pirelli Pirelli World.
1: To Some of them have. Some of them, like Turner, are running parallel programs. Um, the, I mean, the issue with going to Pretty World Challenge is you've only got one driver per car. So if you're doing that as a business level that, and you've got two paid drivers, that means you have to have a second car. But people mm. have done that. I just think it's you know it's indicative of of people finding out um uh what the series was all about in two thousand and fourteen and then making more informed choices for fifteen. Um in fairness, there were too many cars in some of the classes last year for IMSA, which made, the, made that they had to split events. And that is looking less likely this year. There's only six P2 cars I think at uh, at the Raw um, How many prototypes do you piece? Not very many more than that sorry I've got an entry list here let me pull that up um, the the biggest issue I think um, is that the full season entries are have been struggling um, the the Patron North American Endurance Championship is pretty strong. Um, and the big races are pretty strong, but the full season entry is not so much. Uh, 16 prototype cl- classes, uh, d- including the Delta Wing. Six P2s, pair of new HPD Coupes for ESM. The Mazdas, of course, the Lawless. And the two Ligier Judd, uh, Judd engine car for Krohn and Michael Shank. That's the big talking point, as we talked with Marshall about the last few weeks, uh, with the Honda powered car and everything but the masters, as I said are making the first public appearances DPs are the rest of that so what did I say 16 so 10 10 DPs no 9 I'm yes sorry 9 uh, Dorsey Schroeder is going back to racing no way yes he's in with uh, Alan um, um, with the, the 50 plus guys with um, what's is his name really? Johnson Brian Johnson um, is he really yeah Absolutely um,
4: Which good. is good They're, That's kind of who I was working for In November Because he
1: was the Chief was. Yeah I know yeah. I talked to him about a quarter. quarter uh, Ten cars in GT LM um, For the raw Full season entries From Corvette Simon pagino Obviously is is doing The Rolex
0: mm-hmm.
1: BMW for two Last year they had four For them of course And no new LM GT LM car From BMW For next year Porsche North America. Have the two core Porsche North America cars. Single car for Aston Martin, single car for Falken Tyres. Uh, that's a full season for them. Uh, Racing competition doing a full season. Uh, Davide Regon and Pierre Caffer uh, for AF Corsa. Not sure they're doing the full season. Eight cars for the testing PC. So. I'm looking forward to to Rolex in a few weeks time it'll be interesting to see how everybody balances it out after there's been some performance balancing changes but you know let's not worry about that let's just see them race
4: well is it going to affect the racing like it it appeared to last season the first Mm -hmm. season between the LMPs and the the Daytona prototypes Um, I would like to see more of a I know it's a difficult one because some circuits suit the LMP2 car but over the Daytona prototype and vice versa um, but I'm, I'm you know I'm not sure whether it is achievable do you think what? it's achievable to what? get a perfect balance between those two formulas
1: no explain perfect because well, different, to have, different tracks
4: to,
3: I, to be with, with Tusk, so I think it was very obviously weighted and I can say this because I'm not going to be involved with tasks I think it was very obviously weighted towards the DP yeah, exactly, towards the DPs in season one um, hmm. they wanted to live with their constituents I think at this point now, the organisation can start looking forward to the mm-hmm. future and actually, you know, I'm not, I, I, it sounds more cynical than I mean it to sound.
1: I, don't, I, think think, I don't think it was. I don't think it was.
3: That they wanted to keep DP teams on board because they felt that was their future and they wanted to ease their transition to what they hoped would be a prototype formula, which some of them are doing by being nice to them for the first year and then saying, look, we're going to.
1: I think it was an impossible task made even more difficult by the fact that before they actually wrote down the equalisation formula they never ran the cars together they had the opportunity to do so I think that was a mistake I still think that was a mistake they could have done it teams wanted to do it they didn't gather enough data but that's in the past by the end of the season it was starting to get pretty decent you, you know you, you, you're you trying to balance apples and tennis rackets they, they weren't designed for the same things and I think you know if you've got the opportunity to race out of those cars, and on any given day, if everything goes right for you, you've got mm. a chance to win. Mm. You know, s- some of the teams that are complaining about not winning don't run their cars very well. Sorry, mm. that's mm. that's the truth. It's the same in GT racing. I'm not going to give you a big leg up on performance because you can't get your tactics, your pit stops right, or you haven't got as good drivers as anybody else. Yeah, that's not what it's about. Sorry, yes. guys, it really isn't. And that's by the way, that is not. That is not unique to IMSA. I'm seeing that across the board. Yeah. When people win more, design a better mousetrap, guys. I'm not going to bridge the gap to your short form. Correct. Uh, with the regulation. Oh, look! I've just decided. I'm I'm going to decide to build a GT LM car on in 1977 Hillman Avenger. Right? Okay. Go for it. But I need a waiver because it never had a V8, and I need a waiver because I need to move the engine. The further back and the gear backs to a transaxle, and I need. I oh, have obviously it never got homologated with any kind of body kit on it, so I need a huge race. What can I? So can I have all that? Uh No, or yes. It's not fair. Well, it's not <laughs> fair. Then I can't compete. Well, go and build a better car. There was a time car, though, so.
2: when they'd get waivers like that in some championships.
1: Well, but the BMW Z4 is the is the car that I'm talking about when I say that. I'm, I'm making veiled reference to it. I might as well say it. <laughs> it was never produced with a with a V8. It was given a waiver by IMSA and subsequently the ACO to allow it to run. They then went a very long way further than anybody expected on their aero kit. And whilst it has been said that that car has got ACO homologation, it's never run at Le Mans. And I bel- I've I have seen scanned copies of a molida- homologation document, but I believe strongly what I've been told by the other manufacturers that they said to the ACO that it was, it should never race at, at Le Mans.
4: BMW have got a history of doing that though, haven't they? Putting V8 into their race cars outside of homologation.
1: Do you I, remember? I we remember M3s. In, we were in, in the
4: Portugal, US.
3: and one Gerhard Berger. President, of the Do uh, you remember this?
4: We went. I wasn't in Portugal.
1: You were in Portugal. Was it in Spain then? At Harama. At Harama. It was Spain, yeah. Harama's in Portugal. Harama's in Spain. Harama's in Spain. Spain. Spain Madrid. I've just moved it back yes, to. Yes, you have. You've right. moved it towards the coast. Right. Sorry, yes, you're right. More we tourists were, there. We were in Harama. Harama, <laughs> yeah. And we went. Back in 2000. 2000. We went to see the BMW M3 GTR. <laughs> yeah. A road car. Yes. a car that would prove that it was going right. to be built that would prove that the M3 GTR V8 with the trick V8 engine with the three oil pumps and all of that was was be homologated for a road car and we were taken in we were told we couldn't take any cameras or anything like that we were taken in the car was fired up we looked inside the car it was beautifully trimmed inside no back seats as it were, carbon fibre roof so that the race car could have a carbon fibre roof fantastic car was taken over they opened the bonnet showed us the uh showed us the engine then Bradley pipes up picoseconds before we were ushered out of the uh, ushered out of the facility and said I can't remember mate what did I say this is a road car yes can't be a road car this it's just this is just a mock-up. no no this is the road car why does it not have a, a cooling fan <laughs> Damn, a cooling fan there was no room for a cooling fan could only possibly
3: have been racing
4: I fan. was very observant in those days
3: Yes, you hadn't retired.
4: No, clearly.
3: And, and at that point, did you arrest them for? Uh, for yes, to, for impersonating, impersonating a BMW a road, road car. Impersonating a road car. However, raising um,
1: false hope. That's <laughs> looking further forward because BMW got to find something else to run in 16. It's it's allegedly going to be the M6 coupe but they it's already... It's
3: enormous are
1: big coupes are the things to have in GT3 racing, which mm-hmm. is what they say they're yeah. going to build. But that car's not, you know, that car. They're not going to do a GTLM version. Is what they're seeing. Which is a shame because it'd be nice to have BMW back at Le Mans for their 100th year anniversary,
3: which is in 16. Well, yeah. obviously, they're going to go. They'll do an MP1 soon. Do you reckon? Well, they've basically, they, they can't do it at F1 again after the complete debacle last time. All the other manufacturers in uh, DTM are doing something else far more interesting. And they're the ones looking at this. And getting silly.
1: big column inches. Yeah, out of they it. say it is,
3: mm. Mm, the one. F1 Audi oh they won Le Mans yeah um, Porsche BMW Porsche, Porsche. and yeah. Le Mans and uh, BMW have um, got that a stupid just electric i3 that no one cares about but they're very proud of
1: very, yeah. very nice car though it is it looks beautiful doesn't it and the but, i8 but, even better But um, would you buy of your own money I might buy an i3 if it had a bit more range so therefore no but there's a range extender on the i3 now so I might it's got a motorbike engine
3: and we like BMW motorbike engines <laughs> yes but uh, that's my dichotomy I like a motorbike I don't like BMW on BMW motorbikes <laughs> yes. Uh you're
1: listening to Midweek Motorsport it's series 10 episode 1 Joe Bradley and Nick Damon are here in Dubai and Tim Gray is up in London and tells us what Tim is that all the sports
2: car news Well, we could probably ramble on a bit more. It was rambling. We probably could, but you had been rambling for a while. um,
1: We've got the Hankook 24 Hours uh, in Dubai this weekend. Um, Yes. Stay in front of me there. Thursday, Friday and Saturday, for those of you uh, listening uh, to Midweek Motorsport, if you're uh, Mm -hmm. listening to us before those days, Thursday, Friday, (laughs) Saturday, um, we'll have some streaming video. Yeah, have a look on the website. The schedule's all there. We've got some streaming video uh, as well. And uh, if you're in the UK and you can see Mortis will be doing Mortis for qualifying night practice and the whole of the 24 hours for the first time is on Mortis
2: TV. Let's move on. Uh, Tim Gray's up in London. What do you have for us, Tim? There's a website. There's Uh, a website. It's called talktofrank.com.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. uh, Do we have to do this story? I think we should. Well, I I want no levity at all in this story. Just, I I want to report the story. I don't think it deserves levity. I really don't.
2: Uh, Frank Montani Mm -hmm. has been banned from uh, motorsport, FIA organised motorsport. Has he? Have we had the hearing yet? He's suspended, I think, pending Suspended, okay. Pending an appeal. But he's not obviously... going to
3: appeal. He's not going to appeal. He's, he's already said he's not going to appeal. His
2: sample tested positive.
1: So, uh... and he hasn't asked for a B sample. The B sample test. Um, he was co- to appeal. He... He, uh, mm. he is. Um, he's been caught using a synthetic cocaine um, derivative. I think was the correct words. Um, after the Malaysian round of the yeah the Formula test was e. after the Malaysian Formula E round yeah race yes straight after the race Yep. Mm. his excuse he wasn't, wasn't remaking really excuse I didn't think his excuse was that he didn't think he was going to be racing and he was in a bad place and he took himself off to a hotel and partook of this class A drug and then when he found out he was racing uh, he decided it was still worth doing and he got caught on the backside of the race on the the outer of the race um, he, he is not going to he says in an interview with L'Equipe magazine mm-hmm. that he's not going to contest uh, the sample that he's not going to contest
3: uh, and appeal and it's not the first time he's done it all those things they normally look, feel He'd, about. I'm not sure he said that. Oh, no, he certainly said that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that...
1: I'm not uh, sure. It's probably the first time he's done it too close to a race meeting. He thinks is. that his motor racing career could
3: be over. He's, what, 38 now? Yeah, 37, 38. So I'm not sure whether they get a two-year or four-year, but I know that the Wado bands are now four years for athletics. I'm not sure what they are for motor racing. Uh, they're still two years.
2: I think because um, the test was before... Um, the 31st of December 2014 it's a two year ban had it been uh, after the 1st of January this year it would have been a four year ban I think that's the mm-hmm.
3: difference I suppose the only thing that's it's, it's a sad story it's not particularly surprising not not saying it's surprising. It's frank it's, it's just not particularly surprising that a racing driver will find it wouldn't get caught eventually um in one of the random tests. I think the only thing that's quite surprising, I think he's the first person I've known to turn around and got the yeah, idea not bother testing the B sample. Yeah, I wasn't I haven't been had my meat spiked as the cyclists um uh, say. I've not been uh accidentally sitting next to someone who was smoking and got it by second hand, you know. So fine, you know. He's obviously a very silly boy, he's obviously a very sad boy. He's got some problems that he could do some professional help sorting out on a number of levels. So we kind of really just feel a bit sorry for him, really.
1: He was crazy. No, I don't feel sorry for him at all. He got caught. Uh, it's so he's a, got. It's... If you're prepared to do the crime, you've got to do the <clears> time.
4: <throat> and plus, for you to be using a class A drug in a social way, with
3: anti-social ways in his own apparently well,
4: No, no. It's, a, it's so... the the problem with drugs in society is it, they they make you feel nice. The problem is it's the long-term effects that, that, mm. that result from it. But um, not to get on the box, not on the soapbox um, It's a social drug that he's been taking, cocaine or a derivative, an amphet kind of cocaine is a social drug why do we think there has killers. to be a problem that he's going through for him to take cocaine I know people who take cocaine socially and have done for years alright it doesn't make them bad people
1: but he's a professional sportsman and he knows the rules and he knows the law he's not just a professional sportsman he's a professional sportsman who's in charge of a weapon that does over 100 miles an hour where other people's lives are at stake mm-hmm Yeah. And he should be—he should step up to his responsibility. As a former police officer in the UK, mm-hmm. if you were caught by the side of the road and given a drugalyzer test that analyzes your um, saliva mm-hmm. and found to have a Class A drug in your system, uh, how what would what would occur? If I was still a police officer, yeah. Well, no, I'm saying if as a police officer oh you, you mean what would happen if you get yes, caught if, well you if, get it's um, if a member of the public was in control of a car, of a car with, dr- with a class A drug in their system it's driving whilst unfit mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. drugs right so you would be penalised in much the same way as you would be drunk, drunk yes pretty much them. yeah ok so uh, but a lot more severely actually I think right so why then would we not why should we feel sorry for him Nick he's done something that he knows he knows is wrong morally he knows is wrong in terms of the rules of his sport. I had a long chat with Alan McNish quite some time ago um, after he'd retired. And he was saying that he'd relatively recently, after he retired, he got a call. And for the first time since he'd been a professional racing driver, he'd taken a LEMSIP because of what's in the LEMSIP. Really? You've got to be – everybody knows you've got to be super careful. There are exemptions for medication um in drug testing but it is so difficult it's and so involved the list of stuff caffeine's caffeine's a a, a listed subject yeah, so is
4: nicotine.
1: Nanini used to be on
4: the edge of feeling a caffeine test, didn't he? 'Cause of the the amount of espresso he drank.
1: It's <clears> it's you know, it's the rules, it's the regs. He knows. He's that, lived ab- by it for it's that, not that, like he's a yeah, rocky kid. And it's a choice. This is this is the
4: point I was going to make. It's a choice. It, well, you know, it's a choice what you put up your nose, basic. And and in his position, you should be making those correct choices because
1: you've got a lot more to lose. NASCAR um, has got a zero tolerance, hmm. and the uh, the ban is uh, I think it's six months, which it can be reduced to six months if you get help. Yes, second which happened the almond dinger didn't. It? Yeah. Uh, AJ was, was one of those uh, Lifetime bans have not been unheard of In NASCAR It's very difficult to enforce a lifetime ban In in Europe uh, that Lord Coe legal. Yeah well I was, I was just going to say to him I was listening to a very interesting interview With Sebastian Lord Coe Who is uh, he, he Was talking about and wants to take a bigger role in, in drugs In the drug side of things um, And you cannot now legally enforce a lifetime ban on an athlete for even for drugs cheats, never mind for for what we would call recreational drugs, even for drugs cheats really. the reason it's four years is so that they automatically miss at least one Olympic cycle, now the Olympic committee are still pressing for a lifetime Olympic ban which might be allowed to be legal.
4: And are we we taking that approach, and I I think I agree with that because I think I know where he's coming from, we're giving them an olive branch aren't we we're not just cutting them out, cutting them off. Because if we take that away from them, they've got nothing else to live for. Mm-hmm. That is their career. And we've got to show them a light at the end of a
1: rehabilitation tunnel. There's a balance, there's a balance though, isn't there, between somebody who uses the drugs in athletics to sprint faster mm-hmm. as a performance-enhancing ha- drug to somebody who is a racing driver, and let's talk about the specifics because we are, who is using a... Reality altering substance before he gets behind the wheel of a car, now, whether that's drink I'm or drugs. I'm not sure
4: if that's the case, though, or is it, if it's just residual. I mean, has he has he used this? Let's call it cocaine because that's what it, they describe yeah. it as a cocaine derivative or something. Synthetic S- cocaine. Synthetic derivative. cocaine. He's taken cocaine, not to drive the car. He's. Ta- I thought. I I perceived that he'd taken cocaine in a social setting following day goes to work, gets drug tested.
3: I think it was two days though, right? I think he I think it's, it's a pretty day, it is pretty short. It, it must have been a pretty short time. Before he flew to Malaysia. Wherever it was, yeah, Malaysia, Malaysia. and then the, they, obviously it's a really short term the event, so he was, there's
1: yeah. a balance to be struck between rehabilitation of people who've done something wrong, whether that be a criminal offence or offence against their sport. Sometimes the two things are mm. one. Um, I accept there's a balance to be struck between that. Um, But we're not talking about somebody who's had a fight in a pub and being convicted of assault, coming back to play football or tennis or be a motor racing driver, even. I I did see people trying to argue that what Adrian Sutil did um, was just as bad and he was still motor racing. I, I, I find that difficult, those things difficult. A drugs charge, being caught out of track with, with class A drugs in your system having a fight with somebody whilst under the influence of alcohol which could easily be a class A drug in a different era um, I accept that there's some correlation but I don't think there's enough to say that I think the, the, the suitable
4: offence exceeds the Montani offence in my view you're just saying that to people no I'm not it. honestly an <laughs> offence of violence Severe violence as well Because he used a broken glass Or a bottle or something Champagne That's a section 18 assault That's assault with intent (laughs) Intent That's one down off murder Now if he But he served his time Yeah I mean that 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 then brings into
1: that Doesn't it So why do you take Why do you take away from him The opportunity to earn his living
4: Well that wasn't the question When when it had
1: nothing to do It had nothing He wasn't It's not like he took a racing car And drove it at somebody For a section 18 assault Right this was in a this was in a completely different setting that had nothing well, to do well, with these sports.
4: Yeah, but so is Montani's. Montani's two days pre, pre, before a he in hasn't a been social for, setting.
1: He hasn't been caught for a criminal offence. He's been caught by sporting body. Nobody's saying yeah, that they're both criminal offences though. Nobody's saying that he should, that necessarily that that nobody's, nobody's expecting Frank Montani to get a knock on the door by the police for possession and use of classier drugs. No, Look. it's not. It's not going to happen. happen. No, No.
4: Don't think the CPS would run a possession when it's in your system.
1: Um, <laughs> <coughs> he might be the first person ever to have taken cocaine into Malaysia. Why would you want to risk that? Why would you want to
4: Um they're both criminal offences. So you, you 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 can't take one out of out of the you know the criminal context because it wasn't dealt with in a criminal court. Um, and plus Sewell's... Uh, deal wasn't in a criminal
1: court was it that yes. was in a civil court
4: no it was, it was, it was a
3: civil German court, court. It, was
1: a, it was a German court it was a German court alright let's let's uh, let's move on before we uh, dig a hole too deep to climb out cup, of a couple of, uh, couple of things from the collective Brian Dawkins says to keep the BOP for any race car is the manufacturer's willingness to spend dollars on series sponsorship over now, that's slightly that's even cynical even more yeah. than, uh, than, than uh, we are Um, Didn't Alan Baxter get an Olympic skiing medal taken away for using Vic, said David Williams. I think you're probably right there, and there's plenty of stories about that. Where Rabbit says, I think GTE in Tusk will be determined by where Ford goes. Ford's GTE announcement, we're hearing, being put back till uh, sometime near uh, Le Mans, possibly in Paris, according to Marshall of Racer.com recently. Uh, finding the wrinkles in the rankings, careful how you say that, mm-hmm. is part of putting a top team together in GT. So, linking back up with what you said earlier, why can't that work in single-seaters as well, says Nick Holland. Actually, I think that's a pretty good point, Nick. You're you're mm-hmm. in good form tonight. Uh, Midweek Motorsports Series 10, Episode 1, coming up to uh, uh, the last, what? Uh, ten minutes. Uh, ten minutes, yeah, thereabouts. What have you got for the end mm-hmm. of the show? We've got probably special
2: release this week, by the way. Silly question, John. Silly oh, question.
3: Excellent. Uh, I, have a, on, I have a question. Go on. Yeah. A procedural question. Procedural. Obviously, season nine has gone. hmm Alan McNish has not come back. Do we now see the return of news in Spanish at some point this year? Is it back off its ban you gave it?
1: Can I just interject yes. it? I have evidence to submit to the court. It would oh, require... Something I need to
3: check. is he got a licence? The little tinker. hmm
2: <laughs> So, uh, we we will take a look at uh, Mr. Mcnish's license, um, and his uh, whereabouts uh, <coughs> on a certain weekend in September, where he might be in West Sussex, um, and uh, see if the lovely Mark and Debbie will make us a new style uh, Spanish jingle. Mark uh, and Debbie have been very good Well like, like I are new... Mark and
3: Debbie a couple no, no. Okay. Like, never met never met, okay, never met. I just, I've just got. I've made, like a lovely set, cuddly 70s couple who were sitting there with their big knitted jumpers together hi Mark hi Debbie how are you having a great time I'm going to go to the Heinz yep I'm just going to do the quick midweek motorsport no problem hey come back for a cup of coffee love you <laughs> sweet Mark you're, and
2: Debbie, I think you're overthinking our new jingles mm. imaging packages. We should mm. call it. Uh, what have you got Jake, for us, Tim? Jake? On Twitter says, if you sit out F3 for three, uh, sorry, F1 for three years, would you then have to get on the required point? No, again? once you've
3: got once you've got a super license, you qualify for it again. No, you uh, don't.
2: No, you don't. You yes, have you do. to have done at least four Formula One races the previous year. Not true. That's what it says. That's what it says. Where? In the regulations that the FIA issued on Monday. Oh, right. I take that
3: back. I, I so if you haven't done so, anybody who's skipped a season is out.
2: No, you have you have to have be... done four
3: in the previous races. year. Yes. So right. if
2: if you had done no, if you'd had a year doing nothing, like uh, all right, let's, so let's Kevin Magnussen. Kevin Magnussen. Kevin Magnussen next this season. No Formula One races. So if you'd done no Formula One races. But the previous season, you'd done a full season of Formula 1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That won't count. But the previous season, you won GP2. You've still got your 50 points from three years mm-hmm. ago. That's a good point. But he hadn't done that, though.
1: So as so p- Kevin Magnussen sits out Formula 1, is he going to mm. lose his, his super yeah. license?
3: It's all force. You'll probably find they'll put a thing saying that every race you do in f one's worth 10 points so you've got everyone's got 200 points it's so what it says Nick at the moment hey well there we are
2: anyway moving on moving on uh, let's uh, have a listen to this great
1: that, that is fantastic, fantastic jingles machine just as good as it was the before the news it, before. that no one is talking about
0: the stories that
1: aren't reported anywhere else
0: and for valid editorial reasons pointless press release of the week on midweek motorsport coffee
3: debbie yeah i
1: i think that might be slightly too cheesy music that. not possible so? not I like possible that when we when the when the Parenthood press release of of the re, the old one where it was actually slightly more mm.
3: dynamic no, what was... I newsy? Know.
2: Yeah, newsy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. carry
3: on. Let's Terry and June, more news. What have we got?
2: Uh, well, there's no one standout pointless press release, because remember, we've got to go back to the last time we did one, which was uh, our Man of the Year show, which was yes. nearly yeah. a month ago. So yep. it's not just pointless press release of the week, it's pointless press release of the month. And there are so many that it's impossible to pick a winner. But special mention to Audi. Who really? sent out a press release on Christmas Day?
1: Ah, oh, very. Ah, they did the tw- they've been and doing the twelve days. days. They've been and doing the twelve days. days of Christmas. Yes.
2: Audi, we know that you weren't actually working on these days, and that you just scheduled your email software to send them. We also know that nobody's going to release any information of any importance on any of these days. So those press releases are truly pointless.
1: What were they? It was the twelve days of Christmas.
2: It was various Audi various stories Audi. and facts. There fact, actually some of them were quite useful uh, new cars yeah. mm-hmm. there's also a uh, lot of press releases coming out at this time of year which are clearly a response to it being a new year with people wanting to get their team or project mentioned even if they've nothing to say um, and you can imagine <laughs> the meetings in some of these marketing departments now hey we need to send out a press release we've got nothing to announce well let's do something just for the sake of it happy how- new year how about <laughs> launching a toaster in team colours yeah okay that's a yeah. great <laughs> idea I'll start writing
3: I can see that working. Works for me. Uh,
2: Toasters and team colours are underutilised, I think.
3: I think so. Mm-hmm.
2: And T-shirts. And, and finally, uh, there's a lot of people who've got new jobs. Really? Uh, yes. yes. Because uh, all these championships uh, and teams have press officers, and a lot of these press officers move from place to place uh, over the winter. And the first press release they launch is the
3: press release saying that they're
2: the new press officer. So you have uh, a load of press releases coming out in January, uh, which are basically stories about people writing about themselves in the third person. Oh, excellent. So uh, Dave Miggins is pleased to announce that Dave Miggins has been appointed press officer for the... Yeah, it wouldn't say Dave Miggins. Super... Says. Yes, it would. It,
1: it would say that Dave Miggins Racing is <coughs> placed to be Dave Miggins Pies Racing, yeah. So Miggins Pies have been very quiet actually. I know I've got the T-shirt with me while I'm here. <clears throat> well, I can tell you on that story, not the Miggins Pie story. No, on third-party <laughs> press releases that uh, John Heindorf thinks that that is absolutely the wrong <laughs> thing Never to do. With third Nick David
3: fully agrees. Mm. Joe
1: Bradley doesn't probably does know what we're talking about. think they
2: might even issue a press release about it later.
1: So, finally then, in the last five and a half minutes of the programme... I assume we have got a winner, though. You've, I mean, you've, almost, you've built up to something. Winning.
2: Come on. I said there was no clear winner. No standout right. winner. Right, OK.
1: Anything what? else? Any other categories? What, a month of nothing.
2: Well, <laughs> well... Yes. How did 12 consecutive days of nothing.
3: Yeah. <clears> Nick Damon is proud to announce that Nick Down
2: won the Christmas quiz. Yeah, I bet. That, that has a point to it. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Because you're telling a story and people who hadn't listened to the Christmas quiz. Um Is Tim speaking? That would yes. be that would be you need to sort out a proper headset for Joe so they can hear what's going on.
1: It's the weird T V of uh of wired it. Yes. we're not really wired for you being on TV you see Tim that's
2: uh,
1: and he's got Paul's or Johnny's headset as was but Paul's as will be for the weekend and there's no talk back into that no so he's not getting uh, what should be coming up from the ISDN line if we ever get one Uh, so is that about it then it
2: is other than to promote some things that are still to come
1: uh, following this programme Nick Damon and I will be talking about the twenty fourteen FIA World Championship for F one things. The,
3: uh, which is I think that's what it's called F- That's what it's been called the this 2014 year 2014 F one season review.
1: Yeah. yeah it's it's a token review.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: quite in depth, I thought. It, it'll be it'll be a talking review this year. No, it was an in depth review.
2: Uh stay tuned to that. Now, uh and following then, what that oh. huh? This uh, is news to me. Following that, we have a uh, new programme which will help you plan your uh, trips to go and see races in the first three months of this year. Ah, so this is uh, Travel Destinations, a year of motorsport travel. Yes, part one. Part the one. And And then at
1: 8 o'clock UK time tonight will be this programme again. Now, that kind of spooks me out seeing this because normally we're doing this at 8 o'clock and I'd now be speaking at 10 o'clock. And I will be speaking at four minutes to ten right now. But it's going out again. Uh, it's and it's that, to two minutes, minutes to, two. to ten. Don't spoil the magic. It, it's, it's, doing me, it's doing me head in. The fact that... Uh, and anyway, magic.
4: In
1: fact, now it's only three minutes to ten. It's magic of radio.
4: Can I ask Tim a very important question? Yes. Can, Joe? Can I ask Tim, did he manage to pick those pieces of skill extra track up in Waterlooville for me? If and they'd the been in is...
2: Waterlooville, I would have done. Uh, they were in Horne-Dean, and uh, I will do. He's and going to. I shall drop they were in the... Horn dean not oh, Waterlooville. They were in where? Horn dean not... Just... oh, right. no, I'll, I'll, tell I'll
3: tell drop off the large amount you bought off me, to John. Uh, so.
2: And uh, yeah. following hmm. our travel destination's guide to travelling uh, in... watersport travel. A year of water sport travel. In the in first three parts. months of the year. Yeah. Um, we have a brand new uh, real-world road test. Ah, which one is that? Uh, this is a comparison between two fine vehicles. Yes, performance-based vehicles. Uh, and if you want to know what they are, you'll have to listen. Uh, that's mm-hmm. in around uh, two and a half hours from now. If you're listening, uh, long, you? listening
1: live. Uh, and don't forget, of course, this weekend, uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, we'll be live from the 10th running of the Hankook 24 hours of... Dubai, Uh, Nick Taman and uh, Joe Bradley have been joining. Uh, Tim Gray, myself, John Hindoff. The responsible adult was Eve Hewitt. Uh, Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones are also out here and will be part of our coverage tomorrow. Free practice, all of the qualifying sessions uh, and the night practice are all live on RadioLeMond.com. There'll be some vision for the qualifying and the night practice. uh, And we've got the whole 25... Uh, 24 hours uh, of the race on Friday night into Saturday. Friday afternoon, rather, uh, here in the UAE through to Saturday afternoon. Join us for that. Check the website for all the details. Well done to Tim for making the first one work. And uh, this will be of no surprise to you. Barely, yes. Uh, (laughs) Thank you to Mark and Debbie for the new imaging. And this will be no surprise to you when I say there's no time to explain but the Lama... Well, he's slightly disappointed.
0: This program is a radio show limited production.
3: Tell your friends there's more
0: at RadioLamont.com.